Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Tuesday Show. My name is James Chen, and things are going to look a little different here today. In fact, so different, I forgot to make a particular change, but I'll do that right now while everybody else introduces themselves. Hey, I'm Walter David. Welcome to the show, me. I'm glad to be here in person, as I always am in James's Ultra Chen TV HQ here in California. We are now joined by TubaWare, who has flown out specifically for this show, and will be doing so each week from now on. What's up? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, good thing I'm extremely wealthy and rich, so I can afford to fly out every Tuesday. No big deal. Pandemic be damned. I'll be here on Ultra 10. I hope I'm looking the right way, by the way. Because I, we're in I think you're nailing it, man. What do you mean yeah. you hope? You look. We're looking at each other right now. Exactly. Yeah. And yes, I'm gonna be staring. I'm gonna be staring at Tubo. I'm gonna be staring deep into his loving eyes, constantly, because that's just how it works over here. So. <laughs> That's what you'd be doing anyway if Tubo, I mean, I mean, when TubaWare's here, when we, we hang out with TubaWare, as we are right yeah, now. We uh, move together so, all the time. So. We are indeed. We got some things to talk about today. Look, it's not a super news-heavy week. It's uh, on the lighter <laughs> end, even for quarantine times, I would say. But we're we saying, some stuff to talk We're about. saying this a lot, David. <laughs> we are, but like particularly this time. Uh, but there is some stuff to talk about for sure. But, you know, we're going to start off by talking about Tubaware uh, joining the show and a little bit about his background. If you're not as familiar with uh, this fellow over here to my left, we're going to talk about some tournament results for events that happened over the past weekend, as well as a little bit of stuff to chat about when it comes to them. We're going to talk about some 5 5 matchup questions. We're just going to do the questions that we got because we also didn't get a ton of love. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some game news. There's a little bit of maybe console news to talk about, there's a little bit of other community news to talk about. But, like I said, it's going to be this one to begin with up here at the top. Welcome to TubaWare. So, real hey. quick, David, can you scroll your camera down just slightly as we are doing this? Just get your head to the top. Of, there you go. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. Right, there cool. we go. Nice. I think what you meant to say is, can I raise my uh, chair? Right, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did. Can you raise your chair a little bit? There my, you go. Yeah, my chair is up a little bit now, nice. for sure. Okay, okay. Don't ask, don't ask me to raise my chair. It's going to slightly lower as the stream goes on. <laughs> <laughs> piece, of, piece of crap I sit on. Oh, man. So, you know, since you've flown here, I can, you know, give you a spare chair that you can bring back right, on the airplane be, yeah, with you, right? Yeah, I'll bring it I on the plane. Yeah. 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 So Actually, actually I heard on idea. Spirit, if you fly Spirit and you bring your own chair, they give you a discount. So <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> oh man all right. all right man so you are joining the program we've had guest hosts in the past our friends steve and steve used to drive here each week wow that was years ago at this point and it was remarkable of them to do so because if people aren't familiar with california geography they had to drive honestly an hour and a half to get here <laughs> and tasty steve uh, had to piggyback on sajam or else just like take an uber and that was not reasonable for them to do so yeah. they they quit that but that was a lot of fun to have uh uh you know other people on the show and now that we are in quarantine times and of course what that means is that we all show up to james's place in person with infinite money <laughs> i think it's cool to have somebody else join the show yet again now it's a little bit more practical to do so yeah, yeah, you know, I'm I'm pumped to be here. I feel like I made it. Finally, after all these years, <laughs> I have the recognition I deserve. Let, let me okay. tell you okay. about okay, let me on. 
Let me tell you about how, how popular our show is here, okay? Hate to break oh, yeah. it to you, too. <laughs> Look, man. I, I When I stream, I get, like, 20 to 30 viewers. There's probably, like, two to 300 there right now. So that's a 1,000% growth for me. Well, I'm not sure it's a 1,000% growth, but a million it's, percent kind of, growth. it's those kind of statistics that we brought you on here to say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Drop, dropping the knowledge. Yeah, yeah, no, um... Yeah, I'm super pumped to be here, man. I mean, I feel like now I don't have to sit in your chat and troll you guys. I can just do it yeah. in person, and it's so much yes. easier than typing. Yeah, so so this will be the last week that TubaWare has joined us as well. No, <laughs> <laughs> we had a good run, boys. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, look, I think probably most people in the chat know who you are, but I think it'd be great if you talked a little bit about yourself, your background, how you got into streaming and commentating, how long you've been doing it. Basically, tell us your life's story. Yeah, no, I got you. I can do that. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I was born 19... No, um, <laughs> I started playing fighting games when I was a kid, obviously, like most of us, right? Uh, so, Street Fighter 4 was coming out. Started playing that. Well, I started with HDR. HDR was my first tournament game uh, for, for fighting games, right? Um... So when, when HDR was out, Street Fighter 4 was announced, I was like, oh, dope, I'm going to play that game. Started playing that. I uh, randomly met Gutex and Edma when I was working at Best Buy. They walked into my Best Buy uh, to purchase in what, what became the Evo monitor for Evo. Um, and well, so where, I got where were you at this time? I was in Las Vegas. I lived in yeah. Las Vegas at that time. Yeah. Uh, I worked at Best Buy. I was the, the loss prevention dude up front. So when Gutex walked in, I was like, you're Gutex. I, I know you. And he was he was just pumped that someone knew him. Yeah. Uh, so we got to talk in and Yeah, right, you know, Brian. Um, but yeah, so that, that's how I got my start. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was still new. Um, so that's how I got my start in the FPC. Uh, I competed with the Vegas guys for a while. Moved back home to the Midwest. Well, I played in Champaign-Urbana. And that's when Marvel Infinite, or not Marvel Infinite, Marvel 3 came out. And um, it was about that time that I decided I wanted to commentate. So I learned everything I could about Marvel 3. And people knew me in Chicago as, like, the guy that talked a lot of shit. Like, I was just mm -hmm. that guy in the background heckling everyone for fun. So when streaming became a thing, people were like, Tubbleware is funny, put him on stream. And that's how I started doing commentary. It was, that was that. Um, and I fell in love with it and kept going. So that's the... Uh, the, the the short the short version of how I ended up where I'm sitting right now I guess. Very different story than when James and I began commentating because we were not asked to commentate because anybody thought we were funny. <laughs> that was like not at all part of the conversation. It was just hey we think that you can you guys know the game pretty well and you could probably put some sentences together. I don't yeah, think there yeah, was any no. expectation that they, what we would tell a joke for at least a year, honestly. Yeah, no, <laughs> Chicago was like, that, you're the funny guy? All right, you go talk on the camera so people will listen and watch the stream. Because real talk, back then in Chicago, no one knew what they were talking about. And Ari stayed home, so there was, right. you know, a bunch of scrubs just wanting to have fun. <laughs> well, that, that time was that way anyway. I mean, it was that way everywhere, including in Southern California. Um at that time, what were they really just level up? I play winner and uh, Team Spooky in three of the big different cities in, in the U.S. And even there, like we weren't getting big numbers. We were small. Right. You know, it was very homey. It was uh, 
you know, sort of just another way to talk to your buddies. I, it, I, I certainly felt when we began commentating that it was much like just posting on SRK, but like it was in video form. Like I was talking to the same people, we were having the same conversations. Uh, it really wasn't until later that it felt like it was anything bigger or different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. That's, I think it's most of our origin stories is we were just doing it because it was a thing to do. And yeah, we like video games. I, I just remember... Outside of, like, maybe a few guys, like, Sejam, who came a little bit later, or now St. Cola, who's the big, famous CBT commentator all of a sudden. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, for um, me, for me, a lot of it was just that, you know, the first initial commentary that started cropping up, I really just didn't like very much, you know, uh, or very early mm -hmm. commentary. And so what I... I'm one of those people that doesn't like to talk smack about something like that until I try it because I want to see how hard it is, you know? And so sure. when Vi started doing the garage thing and then Vi was like, wait a minute, you're good at explaining things, jump on the microphone. I was like, all right, I need to figure this out and see how hard it was. And I jumped on the mic and it was impossible. <laughs> I was like, what the hell do I talk about? And it just, you you know, you kind of got into the groove after a while, but it came from the same place that why I did write all my FAQs and stuff is because I wanted to try to spread the knowledge and understanding of fighting games to people. I have always been thankful. I've always been thankful that when we started commentating, the standards were so low. Uh, yeah, that's always that was a lucky stroke for us, for sure. If 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 we began right now with like all the strong commentators out there, I, you know, it would it would not have worked out the same way. We just happened <laughs> to be in a spot where we could practice, and practice meant being on the mic and. Boy, that was just a stroke of love for sure. Yeah. I mean, to yeah, be fair, yeah. though, I also feel like we kind of established a lot of what a lot of people, for better or for worse, I should say, you know, a lot of what people mm. try to do in commentary these days, you know. So, I mean, commentary might be a very different place if we weren't two of the first people to do it. Let's just put it that way, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people people are influenced by the folks who came before them, for sure. Yeah, that makes sense. And I could uh, anyway. think of a better two to do it. Well, well, well. You know, you don't have to. Yeah, I was gonna say you don't have to sweet talk us anymore. You're on the show now. That's true. Yeah, I'm already here now. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. So, you know, that's a little bit about your background, your history in the scene. What have you been up to lately? Uh, as far as fighting games go, I play a lot. Well, I shouldn't say a lot. I play in uh, Tong's Marvel tournaments on occasion, uh, the Marvel Three ones from Parsec, and I started streaming again. Uh, what, like three or four days ago? Um, right. I, I I decided that I'm probably the only partnered uh, Twitch streamer that's never had a hundred subs. So now I have a goal to actually have a hundred <laughs> subs. So I've been I've been starting the the grind again just to. Because why not? You know, I'm in quarantine. Yeah. I have nothing else to do. Yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot, uh, subs is hard, man. Subs is hard. I didn't get over a hundred subs for a long time. It took a long time for that to happen. It's you'd be surprised yeah. how hard it is to get to that point. So no, I mean, I I know. I mean, there's a time in 2016 where I was unemployed and I uh, streamed every day for about a month straight. 
uh, at least five hours every day. And I think I got like 28 to 30 something subs. Yeah. So I get it, man. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy because like you say like, oh, I did this for a month. And honestly, like when you look at someone like a say jam, who's been doing it now for like, you know, two years and stuff. So oh, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, like, the Tuesday show, we've been around for, what, nine years, but, like, we only streamed once a week for the Tuesday show, right? Yeah, so, right. it's actually kind of a, it's, 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 it's a hard grind. <laughs> it's work, of course. It's work like anything else. So, look, uh, we're happy to have you on here. I'm looking forward to fun conversations. It's nice to have a new person on here. Uh, it's been some years since we did consistently. You know, we've had interviews lately uh maybe not lately but this year we've done several interviews and those are a lot of fun it's just it's nice to have somebody else on the show to bounce ideas off of to bounce jokes off of uh I, i'm really looking forward to it yeah dope yeah like i said man, I'm, I'm super happy to be here and uh i have been on the show before right like you guys had me on it's, it's nothing too new to me but i'm glad to be a permanent presence for <laughs> the foreseeable future for sure dude all right. Well, uh, anything else to say about this topic that you are new? What do you want to say? What's your? What are you plugging? What are you doing here? Uh, what am I plugging? I mean, yeah, everybody, everybody already watching knows me, man. I'm not plugging anything to these guys. All right. right? Hey, they look. Know who Turbo Oreo is. Look, Tubo. I. If you're not gonna do it, then I'm gonna be the one plugging you. Okay. <laughs> All right, James. Oh. You can watch his streams on twitch.tv slash tuboware. So that is that yeah. is me plugging tuboware. So there yeah, you, you know, go. Follow me on, on, on uh, Twitter. I am pretty active on there. I'd say you follow me on my other <laughs> socials, but like, I don't really use Instagram. I don't use Facebook. Yeah. But follow me on Twitter, at tuboware. Or just Google tuboware, T-U-B-O-W-A-R-E. That's yeah. I'm the only one. Go find me. <laughs> it's definitely nice to be the only one. That was a perk that I enjoyed for many, many years, and now there are other Ultra Davids out there. There's like an Ultra David 07 on Twitter. There's like the other people now. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I can't actually get Instagram. Somebody got either I did it and forgot about it, which is absolutely plausible, or somebody else got to, uh, got to Ultra David on Instagram before I got I like it. the first option is you made one and forgot what the <laughs> yeah. password is. That's... That probably is what it is, actually. Yeah. Uh... I that's always the best thing about Jay Chenzor is that there's no way anybody else would come up with that through any sort of random, like, normal <laughs> nicknaming, yeah. you know? Very original. Yeah, it's easy to get that everywhere. All right, well, sounds good. So, Tubaware, welcome to the show. We'll see you here every week. Well, you are really braving the coronavirus to fly out here each and every week. Congratulations to you. Well, I, I know mean, it's yeah, they're here with me, so... If I get infected, we all get infected, unfortunately. That is a great point. And, yeah. James, I'm going to need you to buy some giant plastic separating <laughs> devices here. You know, have, have you seen that at, uh, at stores? You know, you go yeah, into the area yeah, yeah. separated from the people who are working behind the counter, as you should be. I don't want to be next to this guy over here. He's going to be on plane all the time. I'm going to hug you later, too. Don't you worry. Ooh, all right. I will definitely put up the uh, photoshops of the plastic i mean uh, actual plastic walls <laughs> that would actually separate. be hilarious if you did uh, <laughs> all right all right <laughs> so i guess that's it for talking about tubo uh we're gonna just start the show normally now i guess 
uh, again, there is not actually like a ton to discuss in terms of news. We do have topics that we'll be discussing, but as far as like, guess what, everybody? There's a great new big thing that happened. We're just going to have to make do without. <laughs> um, so let's get to tournament results, huh? Yes. And even the tournament results seem pretty light this week as well, huh? Oh, uh, yeah, I guess you could say that. Uh, to start with, let's talk about the Blink All-Star Challenge from Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, Blink Esports has been doing challenges and streams. They are the folks out of the Dominican Republic, and we've seen them for Street Fighter and for Tekken and other stuff as well, I believe. And now they did it for Mortal Kombat, and it's super cool what they do. They, they make cool art of all the players each time. Um, so if you didn't see that, check it out on their, their Twitter. It's just Blink Esports. Um, they always have pretty cool little designs, and I appreciate that. You know, it's like an extra sort of step that they go to that not everybody does. As far as the uh, tournament itself, they got Destroyer to commentate, who uh, is in the U.S., and then they had uh, John commentate from the DR, Ooh. and he was commentating in Spanish, and <laughs> Destroyer was commentating Engl in English, and they both, like, understand the other language, so they were just, like, talking at each other, like, hey, man, how's Whoa. it going? Oh, oh, uh, like, it was just back and forth like that the whole time, Whoa. which was actually a blast. <laughs> that skill right there. <laughs> yeah, that was super cool, I thought. So this was Mortal Kombat players from NA and from the Dominican Republic. Uh, it was one, by the way, there's also a prize pool of $1,350. So nice. 16-person invitational. It was won by Gurr. By D.F. Gurr. Nice. I didn't even know. Yeah, Gurr's been killing it, man. He's certainly one of the best players in the scene at the moment. Uh, BC Biohazard got second place with Kano and Baraka, which is cool. And then LSI Scorpion uh, got third with Jackie, Sonya, and Cetrion. Um, but a bunch of other players were in this who you might know, like Scar, Rewind, Honeybee, uh, Samij actually got last place. Oh, nice. Wait, last that, uh, place? There were also a lot of players who I, I didn't know about beforehand, so it was cool to watch. <laughs> I think you pointed out Samij took last. Not, not he didn't, but Samij took, he was last, by the way. Nobody sucks more in this Invitational. Uh, no, I, I bring that up because I know that James likes watching Samij, and he always asks me, like, hey, how did Samij do? Yeah, I know. He was the uh, he was the Catwoman player, so I watched him all the time. So I just became yeah. a Samij fan. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a real nice guy and, and a strong player for sure, but this wasn't the best showing. How, how, how many people were in it total? 16 people okay. Invitational. Gotcha, gotcha. That was pretty cool. Couple yeah, of no, things happen. I mean, honestly, like okay. shout outs to the Blink Esports team again. They're doing a lot of really awesome stuff. And, you know, I think we've told the story before, but, you know, they've asked me before, like, oh, what do you think we need to do to do more? And I was like, just keep doing what you're doing, dude. Like the, yeah. the DR scene is is really killing it. I'm so glad. And, I definitely. Uh, real quick before you move on, David, is are invitationals more common in the NRS scene than other scenes? Because I feel like they are. Like, I feel like I just hear about more invitationals for Mortal Kombat and Injustice than I do for, say, Street Fighter or Marvel or any other game. I guess I would have to think about that. It doesn't seem to me that way, just, like, offhand, but I don't know. Maybe I'm, like, too, like, in the mix and, like, I don't even notice, sure. you know? It definitely could be. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It happens, definitely, and, and this was a cool one to watch. There was also an event that was put on by Angelic. We brought this up before it happened last week. 
Uh, this was the Chadwick Boseman charity event. Yeah. Uh, in which they were raising money. And, you know, of course, Chadwick Boseman passed away. We talked about that last week. Yeah, for sure. Um, and the cool idea of this was that it was a Marvel Infinite tournament, and every player had to enter with Black Panther as one of the characters <laughs> on their team. Yeah. I it's mean, a super cool idea. It, I mean, really. And it's it's cool, obviously, the main way it's cool is Chadwick Boseman played that character. But also, it's so rare to see that character in Marvel yeah, Infinite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to say, like, not a popular character. I feel like I feel like this should be good enough reason for Marvel, for Capcom to actually go and patch him and make him stronger. (laughs) (laughs) Man, that'd be dope. Because honestly, that character's really cool. Oh yeah, he's not good. I want, but he's really cool. He has a lot of dope concepts, and he has more supers than anyone else in the game. Yeah, I wanted to play him. When he first came out, I wanted to use him. And I thought about right. like some cool teams to use with him, but then it just turned out he was really awful. And I, it just felt like every trick that should have worked, like didn't work because of like a pixel, like it was just a pixel off or or a frame mm. off and everything. It's just like they didn't want a lot of things for him to be as dirty as they should have been. Uh, well, I mean, the way, the way you can think about Black Panther is what is Strider's worst move? It's his wall cling. And then they built an entire character around Walkling. Right. So that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. It just it just didn't work out very well. I, I you know, if they would just made his cross up on the ground, made him like Wolverine, if they would just made him a function, he probably yeah. would have been pretty good. Yeah. They could have just uh, done that. They didn't. But they didn't do that probably because they knew people would just go, oh, "It's Wolverine," you know. So either that or they were saving it for. Wolverine. <laughs> or Wolverine, yeah. That's also a possibility. Who knows? But, yeah, Black Panther's not the strongest. I think the Jayco Man won that event, though, right? You are correct. Yeah, you my boy Jayco Man. He is a nut. That dude plays just... He has a game plan, and it doesn't matter if you stop his game plan. He's going to keep doing that game plan always, <laughs> forever. So, yeah, big ups to Jayco Man for winning that. He won it with Ghost Rider Black Panther. Makes oh, sense. Nice. Interesting. And then Joe Bot got second, and I believe he was playing. Um, he was playing Zero, I believe. No, or was it X? It was X. It was definitely X. Was it X? Was it X? It was yeah, X. X. yeah. Okay. I saw some of the footage. I want to say Jacob Man used a little bit of uh, uh, Ryu in Black Panther as well because he's been playing oh, a lot okay, of Ryu recently. That. Okay, sick. Yeah. And then Erebus got third, and that was Sigma Black Panther. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was cool. I watched a little bit of it. I, I didn't watch the whole thing. I watched the grand finals and, like, part of the losers. And it was cool. You could definitely, though, tell that these are, like, not Black Panther experts. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, doing some basic combos, missing some stuff for sure. Like, they, like, it was definitely, like, main character party. And then, like, Black Panther would come in and he would do a couple things. And, oh, get him out of here. Like, yeah, it's, no. It's awesome. It's very. There probably is no such thing as a Black Panther expert out there. That's how. There's two. There's two. Are there? Okay. Uh, Airborne, who is main team is Spider-Man Venom, but he also plays a good Black Panther. And Filthy Rich. Filthy oh Rich yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Sick. That's, That's right. right. His, his Black Panther is the best Black Panther right. for sure. That's right. Is he still playing? I don't think so. No. I, I mean, okay. most people okay. drop the game at this point. You know, it's three years right. old and didn't get any support. So. I mean, he, he, but yeah, when he did play, he was the best VP by far. He's he's too busy. He's too busy, uh, you know, doing good things for Jollibee now. So <laughs> he's a good player. 
Oh, Filthy Rich was always one of the best. He was always one of the best Super tech good. guys out there for any game. Yeah, any game. I mean, people probably don't even know. Like, they probably heard of him as, you know, the part of the team that made the first season of Killer Instinct and such. But, you know, right. he he's he's featured in one of the Evo DVD trailers. I remember putting him in there. I mean, he was top eight for Tekken one year. So Yeah, yeah I, I always knew him as a Tekken player. So. Yeah. Yes. He's really good at Tekken. And he was he was the Namcop for a while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's how I got to know him, so. All right. Uh, we had another event. This show you can scrimmage the right. gold-ranked and lower Street Fighter V tournament that we've been running every other week, more or less. And we did it again over this past weekend. <laughs> It was cool. I mean, sounds like, sound like it was a sounds like it was a mistake. Oops, we did it again. <laughs> we did it again. Well, well, there were some some hiccups though. There were definitely there some, were some hiccups. hiccups. Okay, okay. So this weekend it was 121 degrees in one of the cities in Southern California. That's actually eight degrees, only eight degrees less than the all-time confirmed and not suspected to maybe have been wrong air temperature ever recorded on earth eight degrees yeah. less 129 was the maximum wait and guess what even, even like that compared to like deserts out in like the sahara desert or is those just yeah. not recorded well so there are some temperatures that may have happened but like may have also just been user error there were some temperatures that were like maybe seen through like satellite temperature detection oh, but right. that's not considered right. super reliable and legit so like is it the all-time highest temperature that's ever been on Earth? Probably not. But like, as far as the ones that are actually definitely verified and recorded for sure, it's 129. And that also happened in California. Oh, in this year, man. In Death Valley. So anyway, shout-outs to us. It was a billion degrees in SoCal this past weekend. And James was streaming at the start. And his equipment started to overheat and melt because that's just the world we were living in. Right. So I started to stream. And then my power went out because everything was overheating and the world was melting. And so then James, what you you got out like a frozen bag of peas or well, something? Well, I had a bag of corn. Eventually, I switched it to a bag of ice. I just put ice in a ziplag and dropped it on my capture device, and uh, that seemed to maybe do the trick. I think because it went smoothly-ish after that. But yeah, yeah I mean like. Even, like, Justin and Duck were supposed to play, like, a first 100 this weekend, and then they canceled that because of the power. I was hearing that uh, there were so many different streams, like, so many people having problems with their streams this weekend because of the heat. Yep, it was unreasonably hot, you know, and that super and, sucked. And the worst thing about it, too, is, like, you know, it would be such a different story if there was, like, a scientific explanation or if there was, like, some reason why the temperature's getting so hot recently. But, you know, but unfortunately, I mean, there just doesn't seem to be any answer out there. I, yeah, I don't know what to tell <sighs> you, James. Yeah. I think the real reason that our computers didn't work is that they were just full of beans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Full of beans. I think food. that's the. I think this that's is, the. This is beans. James. <laughs> are these are these the motherboard? <laughs> no, this is beans. <laughs> Unfortunately, it wasn't just beans. It was actually a thousand degrees outside. Oh, uh, the winner of it was Azor MX, which was cool. 
Second place was Pepe MM, and third place was Seamouse. Yeah. So we got a lot of cool character variety. We had some different regions involved, which is fine. I mean, it's just the NA that we keep it to, but as far as all over Canada and the U.S., there were players, and that stuff was awesome. And this was the first time that we opened it up to 64 players rather than just 32. And we got 57 entrants. Yeah. That was all in about a day. Yeah. <laughs> and two of them, we actually had 60, but two of them actually messaged me and were like, shoot, I can't make it anymore. So, you know, mm. like... That well, kind of one person ranked out of gold, right? Got up to ultra gold. Couple people actually, yeah, yeah. yeah a couple uh, people, uh, right? So it's gold and lower. And we did have a couple people this past this uh, past weekend who couldn't play because now they're in a higher level, yeah. which is exactly what we want, right? I think that's so cool. The experience that you get from an event like this, uh, you know, if you're on stream, we will give positive critiques. Even if not, other people in the chat and in the Discord are talking about how to improve and they're getting games against each other and they're leveling up, which is exactly yeah. the, the whole point. Yeah, one thing I do want to also point out too is that the first and second place, who are both in the chat, Azor MX and Pepe MM, were both uh, born in Mexico. They currently live in the States right now, but both of them uh, with uh, Mexican origins, so shout outs to them as well. So we had a all cool. Mexico finals, essentially. Nice. <laughs> a lot of fun. Then the last one that I have to talk about here is the Queens of Quarantine, uh, which was cool. This was uh, run by the Reddit folks. Uh, and they, they also had sponsors uh, involved, like Chewy was a sponsor and Red Bull sponsored. Like there was definitely uh, a nice production value going on. Good commentary. I thought it was a lot of fun to listen to. Uh, and this was won by Mira. Yeah. Nice. She um, won the first one, football, right? I believe that's right. Yeah. Or, or she did really well at it in any case. Yeah. Something like that. Was uh was Marine on commentary again? I didn't catch it. It wasn't Marine. No, it was oh, okay. uh Flex Did she enter the tournament? I don't think so. Uh, Marine, I'm gonna have a she's not up in the top, in the in the results here, so and she's super good, so uh, Yeah. That's that's yeah. when you said Miria one, I was like, it has to be Marine or Miria, because like in my mind those are two of the, the better female players in, in the world, honestly, so Mira won. Miria. Oh, is it Miria? Oh, it's Mira. Oh, Mira, aka Mia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's super strong. So you got Mia, Mia, Miria, Maureen. Yeah, Maureen. There's too many M's. Too many M's. Too many MRs, right? So Mira, Maureen, Miria. Now when we, we just... stream it, it was on the Reddit SF channel, yeah. which I got. I I follow and watch every week, and I forget it every single time. Um, <laughs> Twitch.tv slash Reddit, or is it RSF or something like? <laughs> Isn't it Reddit SF? It. Reddit fighting is what it is. Reddit actually. fighting. Okay, there you go. Got it. Nailed it. You knew it the whole time. Dude, the worst part about it is like it's just like trying to memorize phone numbers now. You just have it all in your phone. You just have it all, and yeah. like, like people don't even probably remember their own their own phone numbers, <laughs> right? Dude, I, I'm weird. I can remember num. I can remember nothing in my life but numbers. I remember numbers from my child, like phone numbers from my childhood. Mm. Yeah, it's weird that that stuck with me for some reason. It'd be nice if my brain kept other things. It's like I can remember frame data forever. <laughs> I'm actually the same way. I can like I know my credit card by by number. Yeah. I, like and that changes all the time, but I I know it. But do I know like the conversation that I had yesterday? No. Nope. I don't remember. <laughs> nope. 
I no can, I, like, I, I accidentally... I signed up for Instagram, and I don't remember that. You know, it's... <laughs> I, I end up accidentally memorizing, like, people's license plates a lot of the time, just because I'm... I told you, like, before, Tubo, that, like, I love puzzles and stuff. And so I'll right. always see, like, the three letters of a license plate in California. It's number, letter, 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 number, number, number. And so I always take those three letters and try to make the shortest word with those letters in order all the time. Like... That just, I don't even try. Like, I just see it and my brain just starts doing that because, like I said, I'm just a big fan of puzzles and word stuff like that, so. Tetris guy, a fan of puzzles? No way. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> so, shout-outs to the players there. That was fun to watch. And I had a good time. And it was, again, great production. Uh, good work. And, and important, you know, I mean, that's the kind of thing that I that we should be supporting. It was, it was yeah, good for to see. Sure. Professor Layton. Well, I mean, I gotta do that. That's all I got for results as well. Great. <laughs> so it's, it's a busy one this yeah. week. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Well, I'm hoping next week I will actually be able to run my first official Soul Cal distancing tournament. So uh, I'm trying to set that up right now. And uh, mm-hmm. hopefully I'll be able to get to that point and start running some Soul Calibur tournaments as well. So, of course, NLBC, Wednesday Night Fights, all that stuff has happened. Uh, yeah. I'll be streaming pools oh, yeah, for there's, Wednesday there's Night Fights. There's a bunch of regular uh, weekly tournaments, for sure. NLBC and WNF. Yeah. Um, Shout-outs to Prototype for winning the West Coast Reddit SF tournament. There were actually three Hondas in that top eight. Oh, dang. That's impressive. It's because that character is so broken, that's why. Well, you know, I think that Honda's good. I've never, <laughs> yeah, I never know. Led you to stay on that front. I'm not trying to convince you. <laughs> yeah, trying to convince so. everybody else that I just really put... not think he's good because he's very obviously good. Uh, yeah, people don't think he's good. People, I don't he... know if anybody thinks he sucks, but you know, like he's never in like the bottom tier, even in like the zany tier lists that we see people put sure. out sometimes. He's never bottom tier, and he's often not even like second to lowest tier. He's usually like in the middle, but. I, even that. Like, I think I he's like better than middle. Person. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's probably just one of those characters that nobody's seen results for in tournament yeah. yet. And he's not, he's obvious, you know, he's good, but he's not like Seth. Seth yeah. is very obviously dumb good, you know? Yeah. So that's probably why people just put him in the safe mid tier. That, that makes sense. Definitely right. And that's it. So. What do you want to do now? You want to just go on to the next thing? Usually we take a break after about an hour. It's only been 45 minutes. So <laughs> 15 minutes early, baby. See, I'm already, right. already tightening the schedule here. You're welcome, I love guys. It. I love it. It's a, he's, a, he's a labor man. Just take the break while you can, right? If the man says that it's uh, time to keep going, but you don't need to keep going, better clock out for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think uh, I, I, I do out. think I do think that Shay is right though. I think we should try to include the NLVC and Wednesday Night Fights results and stuff like that. You know, we should probably look those up. But I don't know. Like, right. in, in the future, I'll do that. Yeah, we could probably grab some of that stuff. So I mean, especially now that all we have is online tournaments, anyways. Right? Yeah, and and they're pretty. I mean, they're pretty stacked, right? These tournaments are really stacked. So uh, there are some ridiculous talent in these tournaments. For sure. Alrighty. Well, let's uh, take a short break then. I'm going to go grab a brownie. What? What are you guys going to do? Oh, well, you're going to grab brownies for us too. No. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. That's messed up, man. 
Why? Yeah, why do right. you I'm do this? I'm eating it right here. Why do you do this every week, David? Why are you like this, man? God. I gotta tell you, I get a lot of enjoyment out of it, James. I'm not sure which one I enjoy more—the brownie and other tasty foods, or you not being able to eat the brownie and other I know, tasty foods. Right. <sighs> So the goal actually, so you guys don't understand, is that I'm trying to slowly phase David out. That's why Tubo's here. Because <laughs> he never gives me a brownie. And so, yeah. Wait, but uh, Ultra Ultra Wear would be me and David. So what, what would we be? We would be Tubo Chen. Tubo Chen? Tubo Chen. Tubo Chen. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, James. We might have to figure out a different name, dude. All right, all right. Well, I'll try to figure out a different name while I continue plugging you during the break, okay? All right, appreciate it. All right, we'll be back. Shoutouts to Akito Loves Music once again for this background music. I really need to update these slides. Half of these slides aren't even legit anymore. That's uh, yeah. Do your job, James. I haven't even. I haven't done a. I haven't done a. A, a first attack in forever, dude. Yeah. When is uh the next Unchenzord? Uh, I'm not sure yet because I'm thinking of going a bunch of different directions for for streams and stuff. And actually, weirdly enough, it's hard to find schedule. I mean, like I know you're trying to get me to uh, keep streaming Outer Wilds, and I'm not yeah. going to be able to do that tomorrow again because I'll be doing Wednesday Night Fights again. So it'll be Thursday again, which means I'm playing it once a week right now. So I mean, you know, that's that's fine. Just play it Thursday. Yeah. It's crazy though, right? So like, I want to do other things. I want to stream these podcasts, and it's just like it's crazy. I mean, I definitely want to have a stream where I talk about 3D games, Shay, but uh, it might not be an Unchenzord because I'm thinking of doing some other different ways to approach that. So honestly, man, you know, I watch all your stuff, right? I'm a big James Chen fan. Uh huh. Personally, I think First Attack is your best content. However, it's aimed at such a specific audience, you'll probably never get a lot of views for it. Yep. Which sucks, because it's definitely your best content. You go all out for that stuff. Yeah. All the drawings and all the... Yeah, it's, it's I great. practice it's really for good. it. I, I rehearse it the day before. It's really, really good, man. But you're, but you're aiming it at people who are kind of learning fighting games, but aren't at a level where they don't need that advice anymore so <laughs> i mean i'm literally well, aiming that at like ten thousand people worldwide so i'm it's, aiming it's it rough. at the people who really don't know much about fighting games but the thing about it is if you don't know much about fighting games you have no way of finding my content <laughs> yep. yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah it's a very a very niche audience that you're that's aimed at so it's tough and the worst thing that, about that really is your best show and the worst thing about youtube is that the way youtube works is that if it doesn't get a lot of views they just throw it away from all search results you know it's basically rich get richer youtube you know what i mean they usually recommend and put stuff up and high up in the search results that are viewed more you know what i mean so right. it's really really hard so rough 
Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing is I want to do a, a second edit for First Attack, but I can't. I'm just like terrible at that. I'm I'm the person who has to basically pick my favorite child when when I'm when I'm cutting content out. I don't know what to cut out. I don't know what to leave in and stuff because I feel like everything is. I, there was this one graphic that came out that was like normal people telling a story, and then there's like me telling a story, and it's like must provide the context so people understand what's going on, and here's this backstory, and then explain the other backstory, and then do all the. And that's basically me. So like I can't talk about fighting game stuff if, like you know how Sajam was doing those little two minute tutorials. I wanted yeah, those to. Great. I wanted to put one out for Lucia, that was basically two minutes of me going. So, right. with Lucia, what you want to do is, well, before I get into that, let me explain how Lucia's moves work. Well, you know, before I get into that, let me try talking about how Street Fighter V, you need to do the, you know, the RP, well, so here's the Let's basics. Talk about Lucia's lore. The, here's the basics, and then just have the video end. That would be my two-minute guide to L Lucia, basically. <laughs> hey, you should have done that. That would have been great. <laughs> Oh, hey, I mean, she has the Puerto Rican Spanish line, but also has her costume is like a traditional German girl outfit. Right. What's the deal with that, James? What's the, what's no, the that's, lore? That's Falk, not Lucia, right? No, Lucia she has it. Lucia has one. She has oh, one. She? I mean, I think it was just... What's the lore there, huh? I think it's a reference to another Capcom game. I can't remember. I don't remember, so... All right, let's get back to this. Yeah, thing. I mean, that's one of the things, too. Fanatical Milk and Tiny Techs are right. I've had people offer me editor gig, you know, to do editor stuff, uh, but I can't afford any of them. I, I, I just literally can't afford any of them. So. I mean, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. People deserve to be paid for work, right? So. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, and no, that's... I, know, I know the real lore of T-Hawk Typhoon, I know. All right, let's come back. Yeah, all right. Alright everybody, welcome back to the Tuesday show. We've just finished talking about some tournament results and welcoming our new host, co-host, Mr. Brandon Tubaware Brockman. Let's move on to the 5-5 matchup stuff. I'm still the only person who really calls you Brandon in the in the FGC, huh? Yeah, yeah. Most people know me either by Tubbo or Brock. So Do you prefer Tubbo yeah, or like Tubo? Uh, dude, I, as long as you don't call me Turbo, I don't give a shit. Like, I, I honestly couldn't care. As long as I'm not being called Turbo, I don't care. Tubo, the, the correct way to say my name is Tuboware. Okay. Because of my tubs. Right. Right? But, right. um, but yeah, if somebody calls me Tubo, I, that's, it's totally okay. I'm, I'm okay, okay with it. It okay. doesn't bother me at all. I mean. So if that's what you're used to, go, go with that. Or call me Brandon, or call me Brock, or just whatever, man. Because I, I know, care. I know people, you know, in the chat have always been, you know, really happy that I try to pronounce everybody's name correctly. So I always just want to make sure. So Turbo, where it is? All right, let's talk about the next topic here. Nailed it. <laughs> what do we got coming up next? We have the five-five matchup section where we discuss talking points, different things suggested either by us or by viewers. We're going to begin by talking about a topic that we thought would be interesting to talk about, and that is commentary. And this is prompted by a 
tweet, really an interview with Henry G, who was a CSGO commentator, uh, who my understanding is is quitting commentary, and maybe also because of like at least allegations that he did some gnarly stuff. But um, the relevant part for the topic that we're going to discuss is that he talked about how esports commentary is full of undercutting and is, well, I'll just uh, say some of what he said. Uh, Once you do get hired, they will be very quick to remind you that your colleagues have quoted a lower price and they'll have to get back to you, leaving you confused and worried about the prospect of work. Of course, you will have to bend the knee just to be safe constantly bending over backwards and operating way above your paycheck just to keep up appearances. Um, he says, in its current state, esports fame is a mask that eats away at the face. Not one company is willing to offer any sort of long-term contracts and sees the talent as purely a commodity with a stock value that influences whether they will hire you. Uh, and then, Brock, you said that um, today... Sejam discussed this topic as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Sejam kind of, uh, I mean, for lack of a better term, he, he went ham on commentary in the FTC. <laughs> uh, just kind of, you know, obviously it was spawned by the, the Henry G article, right? right? Um, but he kind of went into his own experience and how he's, in his words, gotten the boot from a certain company as of late 2019, early 2020. Hmm. Um and yeah, he just kind of talked about that too, about how even in the FTC, even though we're not esports, however you want to put it, yeah. um, we're still put up against each other. We're still undercut. Uh, sometimes not even knowing that we're undercutting our fellow brethren in commentary. It just, you know, somebody may come to Ultra David and Ultra David's like, yeah, I'll do this for X amount of dollars. And James says, well, I'll do it for X amount of dollars. And James's quote was lower. They're going to go with James. That's just, that's just kind of how things are. Uh, so he, he really went into that. And uh, he also answered some questions from the chat about why don't you guys just unionize? And after he got done laughing, um, he kind of explained that we don't have that power because they'll just go get the next guy that's not part of the union. And you guys will deal with bad commentary or mute the stream and, you know, they don't really care. Um, So, yeah, he just kind of talked about that and his own experience about how much of a grind it is and how if you don't mind the travel and you – don't mind streaming seven days a week and you don't mind creating content and you do all those things and you're really really dedicated you might be lucky enough to barely make it by by undercutting your your peers i mean right the worst thing about it is is that there is no standard rates anymore and everybody constantly pulls the how much do you charge what's your rate you know, because right. they want to see what you're trying to, you know, hopefully that you'll go in under what it is they want. Someone once told me a story of, of you know, how they didn't know how much to ask for money for a pretty important gig. And the person interviewing him actually did the whole, write the number that you want on this paper and slid it over to him. And he, like, took the paper, wrote down how much he wanted, and slid it back. And the guy opened the paper and looked at it and was, like, closed it, slid it back at him. And he's like, please write something higher. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because he actually put it it too low. He put it way too low. But that's that's our lives, right? Because we don't know what to charge. We're like, hey, I want this much. And then they'll be like, what? We were only planning to pay you one-fifth of that, you know? And, like... 
you price yourself out of everything. So you go low and yep. it's just like, it's, it's crazy how hard it is to, to do this. I, I get this all the time. Like, Hey, would you like to do this? How much would you, how much is your rate? And you know, I don't even know what kind of rate to ask for, for half of these things. So that was that was part of Sejam's issue, and I mean I've talked about this probably on your guys' show before, but definitely on Generations Facing. Yeah. Um, but damn, I shouldn't even say you're. I'm here now on our show. <laughs> uh, but on, uh, on Generations Facing, I've definitely talked about how I walk straight up to other commentators and I say, "Hey, how much are you getting paid? Yeah. What are you doing? Like, like what work are you doing, and what are you getting paid?" Because, uh, for one, I believe that should be the standard in America. Period for mm-hmm. what you work like that we're only giving businesses power by not talking about our salaries for, for the first and foremost yeah uh, but as far as commentary goes if we don't know what we're all paid it's it's allowing them to undercut right. us so yeah sage was saying yeah we just need to talk more yeah. we need to talk more and then be firm that you know if i'm getting paid 1200 and you offer james chen 900 I'm going to go talk to James and tell James he has to, you know, ask for 1200 too. Right. And then they have to fairly hire one of us, not go with the guy who wants $300, $400 less. I mean, like, I know Sejam mentioned, you know, the pocket challenge thing. When he they did, yeah. contacted me for that, I had no idea they contacted anybody else. The hardest part about it is I've talked to at least two other people now who have said that they're like, oh yeah, they contacted me for the pocket thing, but you know, I couldn't do it. So good job that they went to you. I have a funny feeling they went to everybody at the same time and just kind of, you know, tried to see you. For sure, James. Yeah, and and the worst part about it is I don't even know if I undercut anybody. I had no idea. Whatever they offered me, what they offered me, I actually asked for significantly more than what they offered, and I got that. So, like, I wasn't even trying to lowball this kind of thing. I talked to uh, Justin for advice on that one, and Justin was like, okay. nah, charge this much. Oh, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, okay. So, you know, I don't even know. Like, that, that part sucks. And now hearing that, you know, Sejam is wondering if he got undercut and stuff like that, I'm like, shit, well, did I do that? Or did I what? You know, like, now oh, I... And, and... I'm sorry, I don't mean to, to cut you off, James, but I, I think they do that to us a lot, man. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that they they put a, they pit us against each other and we don't even know it. You know, yeah. it's not it's not something you're doing on purpose or David's doing on purpose. It's that's why they ask, What is your rate? You know, it's yeah. not mm-hmm. what is the going rate in all of commentators? It's what what do you want to be paid for this, you know? So it's it's well, not it's your a, fault. There, there there have been effective uh, standards at various points. I would say there was a standard for a while before, like, the Pro Tours really came in. It kind of, like, ended up uh, just people coming to the same number over and over again. And I remember talking with other commentators, and we were all getting about the same. Uh, maybe there was, like, some slight, you know, disparity, but it wasn't, like, a lot. Right. And then when the Pro Tours started, I guess really when Capcom started, that kind of set the base that then others started to use as well. And if it, everybody, as far as I know, who commentated on that, on the CPT, uh, got the same rate. I don't think that there was any yeah. differentiation on that. Uh, maybe you got to commentate more or less, right? So that could, that could have been a difference in terms of how much you made overall. But uh, as far as like the rate, it was the same. Um, so, so there have been moments when that's happened. But each time, 
like new things come in, like now there are other pro tours and each of them are paying who knows, right? Some different amount <laughs> and um, and not everything is on the pro tour after all, aren't on any of the pro tours. And so then it's up to the tournament organizer themselves to pay rather than having the money come through the pro tour. The tournament organizer is the one who has to pay in that case, and then they you know they do whatever they can do. Yeah. So yeah. at this point, there are all these different amounts going around and. And while I would imagine that if you are on the Pro Tour for whatever, Tekken, like, it's probably the same each time. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I, I imagine. But each each Pro Tour has, like, its own amount. And yep. so there's no there's no real set overall overarching standard. Uh, and then it's always been the case that for more unique things, there is a different rate. So when it comes to... Like a normal, say we're on the Capcom Pro Tour, each of the normal events is like a set amount. Capcom Cup may be different. Evo may yeah, be different. Yeah, yeah. Like those mm-hmm. much bigger things may be different. So when it comes to like how much money are you willing to do for a Capcom Cup or for a little skit that we're going to have in the middle of Capcom Cup during downtime, like that, that is maybe something where there's a little bit more like it's up in the air. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to non-Pro Tour commentary work, some tournament organizers just have a rate that they will give, and many others are just, you know, whatever. How much you do you want, right? That that that, right. that I think is the point is the point <laughs> where there's more, um, there's there's more incentive for them to sort of uh, look for the lower costing person, and and where people who submit how much they want to get paid, uh, you know, whether you get that much or not, it's just that you just had no idea you're gonna get that. Yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm one of those guys that's not on a pro tour, right? Yeah. So I'm not getting your MK rates or Jade right. Street Fighter rates or anything like that. But I'm I'm fairly well known. I've done a lot of top eights. I've commentated Evo, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I'm one of those guys who gets stuck with taking what the TOs offer or trying to sell myself that I'm worth more, right? Right. And I feel like I'm pretty dope at commentary. Like I feel like I'm pretty damn good at what I do. Um, so generally, I, unless it's a certain event that I'm not going to name, I'll, I'll almost always ask for a certain rate. However, it's hard for me to get those gigs when Ultra David and James Chen and Say Jam and Tacey Steve and Yipes and Ringe and Vicious are already there. Because right. they're there doing Pro Tour stuff. They've already gotten flown out. Their hotels are taken care of. Why are they going to fly me out, pay for my hotel, and pay me you know, my rate when those guys can just slide into the the gigs that I was going to do anyways, you know? So I'm one of those guys who's, like, on the cusp of, do I want to just, like, for lack of a better term, show myself to a certain game and try to get on a pro tour so I take care of that stuff? Or do I just keep commentating the games that I actually love and deal with the the, the terrible rates that TLs can offer? Like, not that they want to offer, just they aren't making a lot of money, man. So... Sure, I, yeah. I just kind of take, usually I'll, I'll, I'll push myself, but certain events that I have like a legacy with, I don't really argue about my rate very much because I feel like I owe them, I guess is the best way to put it. Like I, I've been working those events for a long time and I'm, I'm appreciative of what they are. And so I don't really push rates, but if it's like a, an event I don't normally go to, like CEO, I'll make Javeli pay me, pay me <laughs> Javeli. So, you know, yeah. but yeah, like I, I'm one of those guys that's in between that. I'm not. I don't have the, the, the pro tour opportunity, so it gets really, really dicey for someone like me to ask for more money when they can just have, you know, Ultra David slide in and do my the commentary I was going to do anyways. 
and and there's a lot that's just outside of your control or in any of our control. Um, yep. What if Marvel Infinite came out and was super successful? I think that it would have been a real different story for you and for several other commentators, right? I mean, you know, we've talked about this before. Obviously, it super sucks. It did yeah. not. For, for not just this reason, but for many. Uh, but we don't have any control over that. And yeah. and as far as even when it comes to the Pro Tours, maybe somebody who runs the Pro Tour is just like, hey, I don't like Joe, right? I, whoever, right? Yep. You can't do the commentary anymore. Like, maybe. Yep. So there's sometimes just a capriciousness to it that makes it hard to to view it as something dependable. Yeah. Uh, maybe you don't like a game anymore. Maybe you've just fallen out of love with it, right? And it's really hard to commentate things at least well if you don't actually care for it. I mean, that's part of why you're not doing it, right? I mean, it's just right. it's a it's a drag. It sucks. It's not. It's hard. You're worse at it if you don't care about it. Like it's <laughs> just not a good idea. That was uh, so. There's there's a lot there's a lot there that we just don't have that much control over, and I don't know how that would change. That that would be hard to change. Yeah, that was that was definitely. Oh God. Yeah. Anyway, uh, like uh, what was I? God, there was like four things I wanted to say. <laughs> I can't remember well, any of them now. You know, you hated cross Tekken. We we know that. Part. Oh yeah yeah yeah. That was me commentating cross Tekken for sure. Uh, but one of the things you know, I mean, I've even done like I've done events before. Where, you know, because I'm James Chen, I could probably ask for a little bit more money. But then, you know, for the co-commentator, a lot of the times I'll actually talk to the people who are paying me. And I'm like, I want this rate and you have to pay the co-commentator the same rate. You know, like I'll actually say that to them. I've done that many times now where I'm just afraid. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure, not to cut you off, but I'm pretty sure... There was an event you and I commentated recently together that you uh, may have done something like that, yeah. if I recall correctly. Yeah, I've always tried to make sure of that kind of stuff because I never want to feel like I'm taking the budget away from somebody else. Like, oh, okay, well, we can afford this much for James, so we'll pay this person less. And I just don't want that to happen. So, you know, I've talked with some of my co like co-commentators before that are more on the co uh, you know up-and-coming side of things, and I'm like... You know what? Because they're like, I don't know what to ask for, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know what? I'll make sure that we get the same amount. You know, it's kind of one of those things that I try to do. And I see a lot of people talking this in the chat right now. It's also what makes it really hard when people do volunteer to do commentary for free. And, you know, you're like, people are right. It is one of the ways that you can make it, but it does hurt a lot of people, because I get a lot of people who actually say to me, well, you know, I'll just do it for free because I'm just glad to be able, I mean, that does hurt. It hurts a lot. You know, it, it is a problem. And um, there's already not any money in this field already. And so it does, it can, we're, we, I mean, we're talking about undercutting, right? Offering for right. free is the ultimate undercutting that you could possibly do. Yep. Right, and so it does make it hard because commentators also do not have the ability to show proof that because we're commentating, we're getting more viewers. We have no clout, we have no power, and so when somebody out there says, I'll do it for free, they'd be like, well, we're gonna get the same amount of views anyway, so it doesn't really matter. We can't go up to somebody and be like, hey, look, I tweeted about your event. I've commentated this. We're getting you this many more views. 
we don't have that ability because we have none of that data. That data doesn't exist. And so by offering yourself for free and comment, I'm not saying don't do it. I'm not saying you're an asshole for doing it because everybody's out there trying to make it. Everyone wants to do this kind of thing. But the, the understanding is that the environment you're creating will be worse for you later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know and what I mean? mean? Just to piggyback off that, James, I think there is a time and a place where you can offer free commentary. Just don't do it at major tournaments. If you want to be the guy that offers, or girl, or whatever, that offers free commentary, do it at your locals. If, that, if yeah. you're trying to break into commentary and, like, I don't have any, I don't have any power to, to ask for pay, I get that. I started somewhere, too. That's cool. But yeah. do that at your locals. Do it at home. Do it in ways that it won't affect someone who does get who does this for a living. I, I did try to curate numbers that I would, I was hoping would show that I was a value to streams that I brought in viewers. But and so I tracked like the viewership on streams that I commentated, and and even during the times that I commentated compared to when I wasn't. But that was actually really not conclusive in any way because <laughs> those were just the biggest events right and yeah. i was just like doing the top eight so it was going to be more anyway and, yeah yeah and maybe i brought some value to that but i don't know how i could test that because there wasn't some world in which i wasn't doing those tournaments that i could compare to some world in which right. i was and i wasn't willing to not go to a tournament and get paid to like have this experiment that didn't seem like it was worthwhile to me so yeah. I don't know. I, I gave up trying to track that because it just wasn't. It didn't make any sense in terms of how I was trying to go about it. Right. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't. I don't begrudge anybody for trying to put in a lower amount of money and try to get a gig. Uh, that's, I, you know, that's just like a labor thing that I. If you're trying to get work, that's okay. I think it's not good to do for zero, and it's not not good to do it for zero for yourself either. That's not a long-term strategy. So if you're, right. if you are, somebody wants to get paid five hundred, and you're like, well, I'll get paid four hundred. You know, you're underneath. That's totally, that is fine. I mean, that's just bargaining. Uh. If instead it's, <laughs> I'd like to get paid, or I could get paid zero. That's bad long-term because it teaches the people who are making those budgets that they won't have to budget money for commentary in the future. Right. And so if you, if you even yourself, as the person who does get hired for zero dollars. Uh, uh, you yourself will get less money in the future yeah, because that's what I you mean, have yeah. helped teach the people running the shows that they don't actually have to pay at all and that will include right. you in the future as well. So yeah. that's not good for anybody. Um, as far as the amounts that we get paid, yeah, I'm always super forthcoming about it. And you know, whenever I've been on a pro tour, I talk with the other people who are doing it to see that they are getting paid as well. Yeah. And <laughs> Whenever anybody has asked me how much money I'm getting paid, any of my friends, you know, how much am I getting paid uh, for non-pro tour stuff or free, whatever for pro tour as well, I'm I'm open about it. Yeah. And um, in the past, you know, James and I have negotiated together many times. And I know that the Steves have done that together many times, and I know that Ketchup and Mustard have done that. And in fact, um, I just did an event for Amazon not long ago, Mortal Kombat event. And after I, you know, figured out what my rate was going to be, I messaged the other guys who were going to be doing commentary as well, and was like, "Hey, keep in mind, like this, you may be able to ask for this. You may be able to, you know, right, get yeah. more. I don't know how much you're asking, but like, make sure that you try to get this." 
Um, so, I mean, that's always been an important goal of mine. And several years ago now, I made a Discord that was like for all the commentators at that time. <laughs> that the intention was. Dude, I, I looked in there like a week yeah. ago just to see the last time somebody talked, and I think it was like two years ago. <laughs> at least, at least. Yeah, it just didn't work out. People didn't want to talk. And, uh, I mean, that's that's okay. It is it is uncomfortable, even though I think right. it's it's for the best of all of us. And if we were all to divulge what we get paid, yeah. that also opens up problems. If people who do the paying find out that we're all talking about it, they're not going to be happy. Maybe that maybe we get blacklisted. Uh, if if uh, e even something that's less um, less damaging than that, maybe we just get upset at each other. You're getting paid more than me. I'm mad, or or whatever well, it is. Right? You're you're embarrassed to find out how much other people get, or you are mad to find out how much other people get. So you'd rather just not talk about it. And that's just very common in culture anyway. It's, yeah. Those are I uncomfortable mean, conversations very frequently. One of the other things, problem too, is like people have talked about unionizing. Let's say we can unionize, right? If all the commentators agree to charge the same rate, then we have the exact opposite effect. Then they're going to get me and David and Steve and Steve and Yipes and Persia, and they're not going to get any. Nobody's going to have a chance to grow at that point. So it's like the opposite problem of doing commentary for free. You know, we're basically right. creating a hierarchy where only yeah, we, the we one. We locked them out. Yeah, we've locked them out, and there's just the one percent. You know, making this money. Look, so it's man, a, if I'm locking out everybody else, put me in that one percent. All right, <laughs> sign me up for the union. I, I yeah, do. No, I mean, I, I do want to actually address one of the things that someone in the chat asked. Uh, Fanatical Milk says, "Would there be any way to track how many comments in the chat reference your name?" We probably could do that, but we'd have to probably pay the commentators who have their name referenced the least in the chat <laughs> yeah, <that'd> be <laughs> because uh as me and david have learned over the years when forge was it fortune no what was the site that had all the um the 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 post that closed recently uh neogaf mm. neogaf we would check neogaf threads and we would check <laughs> chat and stuff and if they didn't talk about us we would high five each other and be like, "We did a good job commentating. We did a yeah, good yeah. job." <laughs> because I became a decent guy. Like that's that was my my moment in my brain where I was like, "Oh, I'm getting good at this." Because the chat stopped mentioning me by name. Yes. Purposely. Yep. They, they might they might laugh at something I say. They might you know get yeah. involved mm -hmm. in what I'm saying, but they. They they wouldn't they wouldn't talk about me directly. Yeah. They wouldn't say, "Oh, Tupperware sucks." Yeah, the yeah, more they, 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 they say your name when you're new because congratulations, it's super sick. You did a great job. Once you become a regular, that's not like a issue right. anymore. And so then, at the only time, not the only time, but very frequently, you get mentioned just if like you screwed up. Oh, David got that wrong. Like that's not <laughs> or God, I it's hate. Not, it's not like, Hilarious point, Ultra David. No, I mean sometimes it is that. That definitely happens sometimes, but mm -hmm. more frequently, it's it's uh, less it's less obvious that you did well because, like with anything, people are more inclined to comment if there's some negative thing. You know, yeah. you look at and any product reviews, right? Like that's just how we all are. Yep. Um, and that's so and yeah, it is it's hard to test. <laughs> that's the way we always did. So I always like if I'm watching chat. That's this is the hardest part. If you're doing your job as a commentator, people don't notice you. 
That's kind of the weirdest thing about it because you're naturally in there. You sound like you belong and everybody is like, oh, okay, what they're saying is right. The more they talk about you, <laughs> that means they're mad at you. You know, that's like the weirdest part about the whole entire thing. And yeah, absolutely, no news is good news. That's how I judge my commentary half the time is if people are not talking about me, then I feel like I'm doing a good job. It's it's really crazy how it is. Yeah. About, about the money aspect more specifically. Well, um, so wait, hang on a second. I do want to say, yeah, good commentators make the experience better. But when they make the experience better, that's when you don't notice them because you're enjoying the whole thing. So you're not going to go into chat and be like, wow, Ultra David's really making this event so great. Like, you barely, you rarely see that. You well, you, yeah, you, you do see that sometimes. But I think what more frequently happens is that people are having a good time and they don't feel compelled to say it out loud. Right, exactly. And, and, I, and I do the same thing. I, I get it. I totally get it. Uh, th again, that does happen sometimes. Like, we definitely do get positive feedback here and there. Um, but, yeah, I think that most, most of the time that you are named, it's, like, not in a great context. <laughs> uh, as, far, as far as the money goes, another aspect of this that I think people may not be, may not expect is that... Uh, to, to have sort of a bigger name in commentary comes with some uh, presuppositions on the part of the people who may be hiring you. And so if you're, if you're one of the better-known commentators, they may expect without asking that your rate is higher than they can afford. Yeah. Uh, and so, so that, that has happened to both, well, to all of us. Um, I know it's happened to other commentators as well. And so you just sort of get bypassed without even having the chance to put in how much money you get paid. And in mm -hmm. some cases... Those are, like, the amount that they would have paid is actually the amount that, like, we tend to ask. Um, <laughs> now, sometimes that's not true. Sometimes they're right that we would have asked for more money, but we just, like, don't get the option in some cases. That's not super common, but that does happen, too. Yeah, there have been times where definitely someone didn't ask me for commentary, and then I find out that, you know, they thought that I would be too expensive you know, afterwards that they thought I would charge like significantly more <laughs> than I actually would have charged. And I was just like, nobody in the FGC makes that kind of money. Okay. <laughs> Let yeah, me tell you. How many people in the FGC have been on ESPN, James Chen? Yeah. Well, I was on ESPN only for the Tetris stuff. What is, yeah, you're on, I could be on ESPN for attacking a guy on scare tactics. Like, they better pay me more for commentary. But I'm just right? saying, I'm guy. it was only the most recent year that I think I might have broke even for the Tetris gig. <laughs> Every other year cost me money because, one, I love it. Two, they don't have a budget, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, literally, they don't have a budget. I mean, two years ago, basically, they are like, would you like to do this? And I'm like, sure. Bought my own plane ticket, bought my own hotel, went there, did the commentary, and they're like, cool, thanks. Like, that's how it is. That's how crazy it is out there. I mean... The, the, the craziest part to me is that everybody has this perception that if you're on the TV or, or something like that, you've made it. But one of the, the most eye-opening stories that I heard recently, and I think I talked to you about this already, Tubo, uh, was the Japanese actor who played uh, the no, played Nobi, the, the, the crime lord boss on the Daredevil show on Netflix. Yeah. He actually lost money doing that role 
because he loves Daredevil so much and he lives in Japan, but he wanted to give that role such the respect that it deserved because the producers of the show were like, whatever, nobody cares about Asian people, hire whoever. Like, they just didn't care. And so he was like, no, I want this. So he took this really low rate, flew himself to Japan, had to find a place to stay, rented out a hotel room. He lost money doing that role on Daredevil. Like, can you imagine that? He's on Marvel's Daredevil. He lost money doing that role. And then himself and Madame Gao, the Chinese, the, the Chinese crime boss, those two who had backstories and the producer said, you know what, no one cares about Chinese people, so they cut all of these backstories for these characters. They didn't invite them to the premiere event for season two. Like, this is, like, it's like this in every scene, dude. It's it's crazy. And, like, you would think that, oh, he's, he's on Daredevil, he's rich. But, like, that's not happening you know and we're fgc we're commentary i can't barely ask for you know anything for a lot of gigs a lot of the times and it's crazy yeah and and um tubo you said that cjm said the same thing that this is just not a gig that you make a lot of money doing yeah right yeah i mean it's just it's just something that's not going to make a lot i have talked with people in the bigger world of esports and some of those commentators do make good money. Some of those commentators are in six figures. I don't know what Henry G was getting, but I mean, what to to hear his or to read his interview, it doesn't sound like he felt like it was that much. He says again, um, uh, oh boy, I should have written this part down. Constantly bending over backwards and operating way above your paycheck just to keep up appearances with your multiple employers. Yeah. So whatever the rate that was that he was getting, he didn't feel like it was commensurate with him traveling to 150 events in like five years. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. I, I think the CSGO commentary world is quite a bit different from ours. And a lot of people uh, give FGC crap because we're not esports, so we're not, you know, professional or whatever, however you want to put it, right? But I remember Thorin, uh, whatever, Thorin, but I remember yeah. Thorin a few years ago <laughs> saying, oh, well, all the commentary contracts or casters, as they call them, uh, that, that's just word of mouth deals. There's no contracts. Almost every FTC gig that I've gotten paid for, I've signed a contract. Well, So I, I think, I think we're a bit different from them in those regards. The part of the reason that we sign contracts is that one of the commentators is a lawyer and was super insistent in early years <laughs> yeah, yeah. that we all get contracts and that those contracts not just be for me but also for the other commentators so that's not we don't categorically do that it's not every single time uh-huh. but i feel like that is probably like an unusual aspect to our commentary scene that like maybe sure. others didn't didn't have right. but but that should be normal throughout right like it, should it shouldn't normal, just yeah. It, that, that word of mouth in, in you know email contracts is the way Thorn put it. Uh, that that shouldn't be the norm. Dude, it should be the way we I, do it, and you should sign an actual legal document stating I will make this amount of money. Right. Sure. I mean, honestly, I just did an event that had no contracts. It happens all the did time. You? Yeah, I just did. I dude, I've never, I've never done. Besides, like when I do commentary for a TO, like for an event directly. Even then, I want to say Combo Breaker. I sign a contract every year. Yeah. No, I so, just, like I literally yeah. just did an event with no contract, and I I can name you a bunch of them this year that I've done that have had no contracts. 
it happens all the well, time. So you know, you know, I have a commentary template. I'm just just ask me next time. I'm <laughs> yeah, fill it out with your name. It's easy to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get that in writing, man. Yeah. As far as like how to make this situation better for ourselves, it's hard to do. And you know, to hear that Sajam thought it was funny when somebody asked about unionization, I think it is about where I am at as well. There's a couple reasons for that. One is to go back to legal stuff. Uh, there's no obligation that you pay attention to a union of people who aren't your employees. And we're not employees. Uh, we are independent contractors for the most part. In California this year, there's a different law. Some of us have to be employees, a little bit different story. But for the most part, that is the case still. And so there's no requirement that if we have a union that the bosses have to negotiate with us, which is the case yeah. for employees in, in other industries, for, for employees in, in general. So that's different. But then on top of that, yeah, we're just we're different people. We are different. We're in different places. We like different games. There are different publishers. There are different tournament organizers. There's just all these little different things that I think do make it actually pretty difficult for us to have the same conversation every single time. And on top of that, different tournament organizers, publishers, games, etc., can afford different amounts. It is not is not the same yeah. across the board. And, and I know that. I mean, that's obviously a reality of a situation is that you can't just ask for some amount of money and get it. Yeah, it has to be within their budget. And their budget right. is going to be like more or less. And, and, and sometimes that even shifts. Sometimes one, one year a tournament organizer or a commentator could have some amount of money. Maybe they did well in getting sponsors or whatever it was. Maybe the next year they don't do as well. And they don't, they don't have as much money. So there have definitely been events that I've done for some amount of money. Then the next year it's less. It's not always on the upward tilt either. Right. Yeah, and and that's For the sure. and that's the, another hard part too, because you know when you are on a world tour, you're like, oh, cool, I'll ask for this much. But then it's like, homie is running this event. You know he doesn't have a budget. You're like, all right, I won't ask for that kind of rate. I'll ask for a little rate. But then, even within yourself, you're kind of undercutting yourself. <laughs> you know, like if you, if you're constantly shifting your rates back and forth, it's hard to kind of generate a consistency amongst You're different right. tournaments, you know? Yep. So it's... And then, uh, uh, go ahead, David. What AJ says in the chat is also right. He says that the funny thing about contracts is if an org breaks it and you chase them to court, they'll likely never hire you again. Yeah, I think that yeah. is right. And in some cases, you burn bridges. Um, for James and I, uh, last year, it took an entire year for us to get paid for something that we did. And that sucked. And... Even this year. Uh, I know, I was about to now. say, we're still chasing yeah. something right, right, right now. Right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and part, of, part of our decision making is not just, look, I have the ability to take somebody to court. I know how to do it. I can do it without having to pay somebody. I could just do it. So, so the, the cost that maybe would be there for many people is not there for me. But I still have the cost to contend with of the fact that maybe they won't hire me in the future and there's only so many people who can pay and is it worth getting paid this time to probably not get paid in the future sometimes maybe it is but other times maybe it's not and you just have to sort of play that by ear and and decide not just on the legal merits of your case but the the business side and the um you know the pr yeah. side to it are they yeah yeah I, and then there's so also like, I, I've, I've been paid for example in some instances where I've said it on Twitter, hey, I haven't been, I haven't said which group hasn't paid me, but I have said, 
hey, waiting on like five digits worth of money that's accumulated over the last year. Yep. What's going on? And I've been paid like very shortly thereafter. <laughs> so, I, so there's I mean, different ways that you can go about it. But yeah, we do have this limitation of the people who we are getting paid by, if they don't pay us, um, will not be people who pay us in the future. And that means it's harder to, to maintain the career. And Zygon's right too, is that sometimes if you do take someone to court, the amount of money you end up taking them to court is going to be more than what you are suing them over. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and for they're... sure, for sure. And that's that, that's why I say that I, I wouldn't have to bear those costs because I could just do it. But but certainly, right. um, in many cases, in almost all cases, the amount of money that's at play in commentary is going to be like small claims court stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, someone, it's just not going to be worthwhile. Someone literally just told me that there's money that they're owed that they haven't been paid yet. That they're just not even gonna bother. They just, they, it's just not enough for them to really go that hard into, yeah. and they just have to accept the fact that they lost that money, that they did work uh, yeah, for something yeah. that they're not getting paid for. Yeah, yeah I've had that, that conversation with people as the lawyer who they consult, and it's a bummer to have that conversation with somebody. But you know, law is a business at some point, and while I can definitely do stuff pro bono and and have spent many hundreds of hours of doing that over the years. There's some stuff that just would cost me money as well, and I would need to get paid for it, and I can't do it for free. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's... The business side of legal decisions is a bummer, but it definitely exists at some point, yeah. Yeah. So, honestly, the question really is how do we solve this and i don't, I don't know if there is a way to do it it's, it's yeah, there is, yeah there isn't a way to do it not not until esports in general but in for us the fgc is right. way bigger than it is right like in order for us to really fix yeah. it we would have to all be open to what we're being paid and we'd all have to adjust accordingly per event but there, there need to be there need to be events every weekend for us to really have power on um, what we charge and, and how we go about collecting and all that stuff because right. that's the way things are there's what maybe 15 to 20 commentators that people know about and all of us are replaceable right. all of us are replaceable by the next guy up who will do it for less yeah and and you know it's it's crazy because you know I used to wonder to myself like my god these wedding photographers or, or people like that, man, they charge a lot of money for this work. This is kind of ridiculous. And now that I'm doing the freelancing stuff and realizing that I'm kind of in the same position, like let's say I'm like, hey, this event will pay me $1,000 this weekend, right? And you're just like, holy crap, you're getting $1,000 for the whole weekend? Wow, Mr. Moneybags. You know, if I traveled to an event every single weekend, I say this on stream all the time, if I travel to an event every weekend, I've made $52,000 untaxed. Yep. Untaxed. And so after you, when April comes around and you, you know, get uh, destroyed, you may be taking home maybe 30K of that. And if you live in Southern California in particular, <laughs> you're homeless. You're done. <laughs> You're, you're straight you're up homeless. You can't survive. Right. And so it's. Dude, a, I live in Minneapolis, and 30k take home is hard to live on. Right. 
And so, I mean, that's one of the hardest things about the job that we have is we get this money and we're like, oh God, thank God this guy paid me. Thank God this guy paid me. And then we dread April every year. And then we can't get health insurance because this country sucks. And then we can't get like, you know, I mean, dude, people have probably can see this. I'm poking at my arm all the time because I literally have something on my arm right here that I should probably go see the doctor about. I can't do it. I can't do it because every I've signed up for some cheap ass, you know, health insurance that I can afford. And everybody I call, they're like, sorry, we don't take that health insurance. Sorry, we don't take that health insurance. You know, I made the joke that it's itchy and scratchy money, right? It's like it's like real yeah. money, but fun. You walk in the park and it's like, oh, hey, look, nobody takes it. <laughs> like everybody, I've, every doctor I've called. And I sign up for a PPO, which means you're supposed to see out-of-network doctors, and I can't see out-of-network doctors. And you're right, and High Fight's correct. 52K is assuming there are tournaments every week. I maybe travel yeah. twice a month to an event back when we weren't stuck at home. So that's like 26, and if I got paid $1,000, that means I made 26000 that year. So, yeah, it's just, it's... <sighs> it is. But man, uh, a big part of why I would not give up my main career. Yep. Even if that career wasn't lawyering, I would just, I would not want to give it up. If this is too volatile, it could go away at any time. Again, maybe somebody who runs a pro tour just is like, hey, I don't like you. You're never commentating for us while I work here. Maybe you're right. I mean, despite all your other best efforts, <laughs> there's just there's just a capriciousness in it that is hard to make your main thing. Man, I wonder so, if that's ever happened recently. <laughs> I wonder if that's ever happened, indeed. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you have, you have to supplement it. There's just, it's just not, a, it's just not a, something that you live on. And whether you supplement that by, you know, having a stream or whatever, even that is not going to be a lot of money. Um, yeah. There yeah. are probably two people in the FGC who make a significant amount of money streaming and nobody else. Everybody else, I mean, there, there are probably a few other people who make, like, you know, they are paying their rent, like, they're not behind on bills. I mean, do you count Eris and Max as meant. FGC at this point? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Then I would say there's three. <laughs> then I would three, say there's three. It's probably, it's probably Max, Sejam, and, and Eris. Yeah. I don't uh -huh. think Sejam, I, I would not, I would uh, No, Sejam. He said on stream today, he does. Yeah. Sejam. He, he, said, he said on stream today that. Uh, now what he does is when somebody comes to him about an event, he goes, well, would it be worth me not streaming three to four right. days in a row? Right. Because I'm, I will lose more money than you're paying me, so you have to pay me what I, what I need in order to recuperate the money I lose from streaming. Yep. For sure. Therefore... Steve is probably making, you know, a few no, thousand dollars minimum. He's talked to me about how many subs he has yeah, and, and how much he makes, and it's... It's good. <laughs> I, th I think we may be talking on different scales, but I'm 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 glad to hear that Steven is is doing well for sure. Right. Uh, in any case, there's at most I guess maybe three people. Um, so I I just I don't see how you do this thing as a career. I think it's a real fun thing to do on the side, and I certainly spend a lot of time streaming and making YouTube stuff, and I I really enjoy it. I I'd be real hesitant to do it as as a career. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm basically, I've been in the red every single year that I've done this. And 
I mean, I would still be okay financially if I didn't have to spend so much to repair my home just last year. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, that's the other problem of owning a home as well. So, uh, but yeah. It's, hey man, just sell your house. You'll be fine. Live on the street, no big deal. Just stream from a McDonald's or a Starbucks. You're good to go. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, I, I don't mean to cast any aspersions on Steven. I, I, I'm super happy for him, and you know he's done a great job for sure. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't mean to say anything negative at all. I'm just, I'm just saying that I think as far as making something that you would consider a lot of money. There's, it sounds like at most just a few people in that. I mean, PC. not not counting smash, Stop. not counting smash streamers, because there yeah, are definitely not... a lot of smash streamers out there that are doing super well for themselves. Yeah, yeah. From what I understand, Mango's like balling. Yeah. yeah, Mango does make money. Leffen too. So. Yeah. yeah. Now I know someone in the yeah, chat. There's other income sources for them as well. Again. Yeah. Someone yeah. in the chat told me that I need to start slinging that booty. Look, I'm telling you right now. If I could show my cleavage on stream to get viewers, I 100% would do that. 100%. Like, that's why you can't even get mad at, like, you know, people who do that. <laughs> like, yeah. like, the only reason why guys get mad about it is because they can't do it too. Because if they could, trust me, they would. <laughs> 100%. Mean, I, told you, I told you about my accidental mukbang adventures on yep. Twitch. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, you know... I don't know if, like, you can equate that to, to showing off your body, but I definitely felt weird when people would tune into my stream just to watch my fat ass eat. Yeah. That was definitely weird. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. Maybe maybe that equates somewhere in there, but honestly, if I would have got, like, a thousand viewers, I probably would have kept doing it. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, there are a couple of folks in the FGC, uh, men in the FGC, who are doing that. Are they mukbanging it up? Not mukbang. I mean, OnlyFans oh. type stuff. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not hot enough for OnlyFans. Yeah. Maybe I am. I We've definitely I doubt, I doubt I'm hot enough for OnlyFans. We talked about one of them on our on the generation spacing for the longest of time. We were trying to get enough subs to to get Tubo to actually subscribe to the OnlyFans to find yeah, out. Nikki. Like, Nikki yeah. has an OnlyFans. I forgot about that. You <laughs> just, you just... <laughs> How did you forget <laughs> about that, it. dude? That's yeah, all... Nikki, Nikki gave the information away. and I, He could have got a sub. He gave the information away. <laughs> um, um, <yeah>. uh, <laughs> for those of you who, who want to want to check out nikki's only fans he is new i'm not going to give you the link because i don't remember yeah. it but if i remember the link i would i'll tell you ask him he'll tell you he's not ashamed no <laughs> no anyway look i mean this this kind of work is is probably just inherently unstable having read and you know heard a lot about just traditional entertainment industries since going back forever it's just it's just unstable it just is always and maybe you make a lot of money for a while but that's not in many cases not going to last either so it's just it's it's a hard hard line of work to make your full-time gig i do think it's great as like a fun side thing that's all i would want it to be personally as far as doing it more you know james is trying to make it work i mean i i just i think it's real <laughs> tough to do you know? well to be fair i haven't <laughs> <laughs> I haven't made it work, but I mean, the hard part about it too is that I got burned by my last job so badly that even when I, you know, was trying to still work right before I got laid off, because I quit my company, ended up going back to it, but like, I got so burned by it that I just like, 
I just wasn't even sure if I wanted to do programming anymore. So now it's just like, I want right. to do something completely different. But how do I even do that at this point? How do you how do you get into a new field when you're as freaking old as I am? You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, I, I'm I at, go back to school, James. Yeah, but that's the thing is that there is a lot of ageism out there too, right? So when it comes you're to trying to hire somebody for something, and if even if I tried to get a programming job, they're gonna be like, what 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 is this gap for five years? Like, what the hell were you doing in this? And I was like, oh, I was doing esports. And then they'll be like, so you haven't coded for the last five years? And then, like, <laughs> peace. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a, it's a tough situation. So, I mean, obviously, it's true. It's never too late. A lot of people out there have actually gotten their fortune very, very late in their lives. You know, I was just reading about all sorts of, you know, different uh, people, you know, success at, oh, you know, uh, Samuel Jackson didn't get his first role till he was like 40 something, you know, blah, 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 you know, uh, like the colonel from KFC didn't get successful until he was like 40 or 50 something like that, you know, it's definitely out there, but a lot of that is luck, you know, a lot of that is the the luck of the draw kind of situation, so... Indeed. By the way, has this been called common tray the whole time? That's a bummer. Did I? Oh, common tray? You're right. It's Sorry. just fancy commentary, that's all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's French common commentary. Tray. Yeah. Hey, thanks for the sub, Tyler. Uh, and also, thanks to Tavi for the raid. High five. Uh, anything else to say about this particular topic here? I'm all cashed out, man. Alrighty. Hey, so am I. <laughs> In a lot of ways, so... <laughs> Dude, nice. You already know that I, I am with you. <laughs> you are. We're in the same boat, my friend. Yeah, I just. We're gonna I, drown together, damn it! I bought a mattress today, and it hurts <laughs> because my mattress is like twelve years old at this point in time, and might be one of the reasons why I'm getting poor sleep and back aches all the time. So you know, I was like, Probably maybe a very good reason. Maybe I should get a mattress, and I did, and I hope I can. Afford my mortgage. <laughs> What's that? What'd you get? Uh, Labor Day sale. It was like a beauty rest, a Simmons beauty rest. Oh. That's like was on sale, so you know. <sighs> we got one of those purple mattresses. Oh, I heard those aren't they very like good. Oh, we love it. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. We're having a blast. I mean, yeah. we're just we all we do in bed is sleep, so. Uh, moving on. Uh, <laughs> no comment. No comment. <laughs> that reminds me, I gotta keep plugging tubaware during this stream. Yeah, I was so. gonna say you're having a blast in bed, and James is plugging me. <laughs> this is a, this is a family show. It's going that way today. <laughs> you want to get to viewer questions? Sure, let's do that. Ooh. All right, let's do that then. So typically we have a poll and everything, but uh, we got two submissions this time, so I didn't think oh. that made any sense. Okay. So uh, let's talk about these two questions. First, we'll just do these one by one. What do you think is more frustrating to lower level players, getting run over by a grappler or getting lamed out by a zoner? 
as a purveyor of both grapples and zones, I'm happy either way. But what do you guys think? Uh, James, you start. You start on this one. Uh, zoning. Zoning for sure. Uh, because the, the, the trick about zoning is it feels like it's impossible. And uh, if you don't know how to fight a zoner, it just feels like they have the answer to everything. And it just feels like I'm, you're not allowed to do anything. You're not allowed to try anything. There's something different about, like, when you're fighting against a grappler, you can try to jump away. Maybe if you do predict a, you know, SPD, you get to punish them. But against a zoner, like, when you don't know, when you can't fight a zoner, literally, you are stuck on the other side of the screen. You get hit. I mean, it's why people get so mad at it. Like, yeah, people get mad at grapplers, but not to the degree of zoning. Not to the point that, you know, people, obviously it wasn't seriously entertained, but people talked about banning Jigglypuff from Melee, right? Because they consider Jigglypuff kind of zoning, like, oh, you're not actually playing the game. And frankly, when me and my brother used to play Street Fighter 2 early on, we used to get mad at each other for turtling. Like, why don't you fight for real? Why don't you actually do something right. instead of sitting there all the time? Blah, blah, blah. You haven't done a combo this whole time. Yeah, uh, honestly, zoning... Same move over and over again. And, and the hardest part is when you actually try to play a zoner, you realize how hard it is to do, right? But... Yeah. The more frustrated your opponent gets, the easier it is to zone them. And it's so glorious when you can detect that they get frustrated. That's how zoning works is that they lose patience. Like I said, like when I, uh, you know, on, on, on at B5, I think it was, B5 or B4, you know, when I used Zangief and Alpha 3 and defeated one David Serlin's Dalsum, you know, a lot of the times you would actually see in the match, I would actually jump away to full screen to reset the situation, you know, as opposed wait, to trying to be frustrated and get in over and over and over again. So Are you telling me you beat the David Serlin? I did. Because I'll have you know, he has more top eight at Evos than Sage Amp ever did. <laughs> I'll have you know, sir, okay? Uh, and even during the... Fight for real? Even during the interview section on that tape, too... They were like, uh, they were interviewing Serlin and they were like, blah, 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 and what do you hate? And he's like, I hate James Chen. Because <laughs> that was after I beat him. <laughs> that was like a quarter century ago. Wow, that's long-lasting. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I share his sentiments in hating you, but I also share your sentiments in uh, saying that people hate zoning more. Because, yeah, I mean, what, what you said when everybody in the chat is saying it's not real fighting. Why, why aren't you mm. why don't you fight like a real man bro like yeah that's that's just if you look at scrub quotes scrub quotes is filled with with zoner haters and not mm. grappler haters yeah because yeah they, they feel like if you're close to them they had a chance even if they didn't have a chance they right. feel like if their opponent is close to them then they have the chance yeah. but if you're sagat throwing fireballs full speed why well, didn't even get the chance to hit you right fuck the fuck bud but yeah yeah and, definitely definitely people hate zoning more than and, and weirdly more. enough i will also say this too as an addition as a quick addition more people will play grapplers than they will play zoners as well yeah, so that's true too. there's yeah, definitely yeah there's definitely a lot less hate towards <laughs> grappler because more people are actually using them so i think 
that I largely agree, uh, agree with you guys. I think in, in almost all cases, I think you're right. I think there are some grapplers that I can recall people who are lower level being like extra mad about. Like I remember when Blaze Blue first came out, and I was like magnetizing people in with Tager in the arcade. Uh, some player, I mean, some many players in the arcade were like legit. You know, they were like dedicated fighting game heads. But sometimes people would come in and just would have no idea what to do about that. And they were as mad as if I had been playing, you know, yeah. new or whatever. I mean, um, fortunately, so, so I, I, th I think that's that's more the exception. Or I'm thinking about maybe like the the idea of like maybe Marvel Three with uh, Team KBR. You know, <laughs> you just have no decisions right. to make if you get hit once, and that can happen at round start at 99 seconds. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think I think there's like a couple examples where grapplers may be as frustrating as zoners, but I definitely agree with you guys that in general zoners are more frustrating than the people. So I, to add to that, I guess is that good grapplers will piss people off. Average zoners will piss people off. You know what right. I mean? Okay. So yep. that's yep. that's exactly. kind of the I mean, situation. That, that's, that's above the level we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. Once we're getting to that level, that's that's people that actually play fighting games that are right. really mad at zoners. But it's just that you don't even have to be a pro, like a proficient zoner. If I just throw tiger, 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 uppercut you twice, the guy pulls. You know what I mean? Like that just happens, right? <laughs> it's crazy, dude. Oh. For sure. Hey, thanks to Zainatsu for the sub, by the way. Yeah, I agree with you guys. Yeah. All right. As far as the second question, with all the charity tournaments we've seen recently, do you think the larger FGC should try to band together for a big multi-game online event charity endeavor as a way to not just get more charity money, but also to bring the scene together? Become, AG, become AGDQ. <laughs> FGCQ, <laughs> fighting game community, quick. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's tough to say. I like how things are done now. It's about all I can really say about that. Um, yeah, I feel like we could lose a lot of our grassroots if we decided to do something like that. I don't know. It's it's hard to say. It's I don't. The David, what are you thinking? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't have a lot of thoughts on that. I don't know that this person is saying that they want everybody to work together under the same like enterprise. Maybe that's what they intended, but the way I read it was more like, what if we had like uh, what we used to think of as Evo, but like for charity, oh, and, oh, and everybody yeah. would play in it. Yeah, rather than like every tournament organizer working nice. together, maybe more like just have like a huge event that the scene could just like coalesce around and. Yeah, that that that's a bit different. Then yeah, that'll be cool. Sure, why not do it and then have exhibitions and all that stuff. I mean, Great. I, don't... I don't think it would be as big as AGDQ. Right. But it, it could work. It would be a nice little charity event. And it would also... It be a thing, sure. And also, I think, would be a little tougher, too, because, you know, a lot of players out there are in the same boat as we are as commentators, right? They're not mm. making any money, right? right? And so, for the past few years, it's like, oh, do I want to travel to all these different events... I kind of cut some of them out because I can't travel all the time as well. I can make the most money at these events, so I'll cut out these other ones, right? And so if we did a charity event, how do you convince 
Justin and Smug and everybody to go out to that event, right? Do you say to all the commentators, you got to do this for free as well, you know, kind of thing? It's it's a it's a tough situation. And in terms of competition, it's one thing. See, AGDQ is a, is, is a show. It's a performance thing, right? And a lot of the streamers will get a lot of notoriety from that. And people like Trihex and whatever, you know, they'll, they'll actually get people to go to their streams and watching and, and they can actually benefit off of that. I don't think that applies to the fighting gamer, you know, because they, people, when you watch a competition, they root for you because they want to see you beat people in tournaments, not perform how you're doing well in this game, you know. I don't know. It's, it's a very different feel to me, so I don't think it would work necessarily. I, so, I, I guess the, the, the worries of, um, you know, the, yes, sure, all these players are broke, too, and we're all trying to scrape by and yada yada. You don't have to worry about that because the way charity works is you pay out everyone and then your proceeds go to the charity. So I don't think that's necessarily a, a problem. The problem is when you invite, you know, 80 players to come and do exhibitions for you, the charity might not make enough money to trade all 80 of those because right. the FGC is not big enough. Right. Um and obviously, yeah, they'll be asking commentators to, to probably work for free and streamers to do that for free, and it would be tough. But also, in the world we're living in now, you could probably do something like that online. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think that we're talking about people actually traveling here. Because, you know, the sort of... My understanding of the implication behind this is like, look, charity tournaments we've seen recently, we are... Everybody knows the world we live in. I feel like it's so... We're so, like, ensconced in it that we don't even necessarily need to say... In case we don't, we can't travel anywhere. What do you think about with all the charity tournaments? Uh, right? I mean, that's just the world. Yeah. Well, I, mean, so I guess I can actually, I can actually talk about this now because it's something that ended up not happening. I was gonna run a charity event kind of like that right. um, when Combo Breaker had announced that they uh, weren't gonna be able to be run. I was like, I'm gonna throw an event called Corona Breaker, and I'm gonna have a bunch of high quality commentators. I'm gonna right. run tournaments. Um, ended up falling through because I couldn't raise enough money to pay right. the production team and I had trouble getting sponsors for it. Uh, but I had big plans and I actually had contacted David and James and mm -hmm. Avonic Plague and Tacey Steve and said, blah, 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 yikes, etc. All these commentators were willing to work and we're going to do all this stuff, but yeah, it was going to all be online. So I, I don't see why it couldn't work with the right the right team. Like say like 10-0 tried to do something like that. I think they could pull it off themselves, but someone like me who was broken couldn't afford to pay a production team it didn't really work out very well <laughs> yeah uh, yeah it would be a tremendous amount of work with even less money than uh, tournament organizers tend to make right yeah 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 so, yeah so you, you would not be making money the the agdq model is super super hard to recreate i feel like that's something that's just like lightning in a bottle almost i, I just don't know how you could do that on purpose with a scene that already has uh existing non only charity based events uh, I don't even know that it's desirable to. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it would be great. I think that's a tall order and would be very difficult to do in reality, even if everybody is at home, just because right. it's, it, you know, everybody have to be on board, you know, and it's hard yeah. to get everybody on board if there's no money involved. And, yeah. And, 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 and if, if there is money involved, it's hard to get enough money if it's all just for charity to get yeah. people involved. Yeah, I think it certainly could work. It would just be really tough, in my own experience, it was really tough to make it work. So, 
Right. I, I hope somebody could do something like that. That'd be dope. Pull it off. I, I would love to be part of it if somebody does something like that. But, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's very hard to do. It just reminds me... Right, is there anything else to say about this? Uh, no, no. I mean, just the same thing, just to echo what Keats is saying in the chat, is it's so hard to do online events because all of our net code is trash right now, right? So yeah. it's just like... Not all. Not all. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really... Like, it's so depressing that I am tempted to try to run Street Fighter V on the Parsec stuff. Because, like, I'm replacing rollback with delay. Like, that yep. is blasphemous. But in the worst way possible, it might actually play better because they Look, did man. such a bad job with the rollback. And it makes me so mad. And, like, everyone always comes on my stream and they're always like, oh, how does this work? How does Parsec work? And blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, it does this. And then I always have to put the caveat. I was like, if everyone programmed proper rollback netcode, I wouldn't be doing this. I would 100% yeah. not be doing this, right? So Correct, yeah. Hopefully. I mean, no, no, one, no one's going to argue that steel is sh stronger than plastic, right? Right. But if that steel is rusty and worn down and bent, you probably want to go with the new shiny plastic, and that's what Parsec <laughs> is too. Right. The Street Fighter Five rollback. Street Fighter Five, it's, it's rollback, yeah. but it's rusty, beat up, dinged up, garbage rollback. Yeah. So you want to yeah. go with something that's more stable, and that's what Parsec is, man. I, yeah. I don't think anybody can really blame you. I mean, the hardest part about it is, you know, you want to try to be as like Keats is saying, like being a collective about, you know, making the games with the good netcode popular, but. That's just not what determines popularity, unfortunately. Yep. You know, there's so many factors that go into it. Uh, it's 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 tough. I hate that. It's just like you know, uh, you know. Uh, I think it was a uh, you know Reddit Street Fighter. They tweeted recently, and they they even admitted it was kind of a bad take. So I don't even want to dwell on it. But they're like, I don't understand how this you know ragtag stream gets more views than this well-produced stream sometimes, and blah 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 blah. And like I said, there's just no accounting for what becomes popular. Like, it's, yeah. there's just no accounting for it, and it's crazy. Uh. All right. Well, that's all for the 5-5 five -five matchup. Okay. The, the idea of having to say affirmatively that we're talking about a world in which none of us can travel just reminded me of um, back before coronavirus. Um, I mean, you'd like, over years... Uh, I'm super interested in World War One, and I've like done a lot of reading about it, and a lot of watched a lot of documentaries. And definitely, uh, and uh, and one thing that cropped up multiple times was that there's actually a lot less uh, correspondence and written stuff about the the world after the pandemic in 1918. Like what happens afterward? Like, people stop talking about it at some point, and they and they rarely say things like. You know, back in in the pandemic or due to the pandemic, like they just stopped talking about it, and that's that seemed super weird to me at yeah. the time before we had our own pandemic. But now I totally get it because it's just the implication that's behind absolutely everything. It's just it's like one of the bedrock things of life now, and will be for the foreseeable future. And you don't need to talk about it because it's just un can go unsaid, and we all know exactly what we mean without needing to constantly say. Due to the pandemic, like you just, you, I get it. Like we're independent, right? So sure. I get, I get it now. It's, it's just, weird. it's just an implicit part of you talking about life, exactly. <laughs> basically, right? Exactly. Yeah. 
All right. Well, that's it for 5-5 five, five matchup. Let's talk a little bit about some of the news because there is a little bit going on out there. In Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, talk about game news here. They had a temporary blitz mode. I don't know if you, if you guys yes. tried this. Yes. I, I read about it, but I didn't play it. Different tiers that were like based on their prior ranking. And then they played for in-game rewards rather than for like actual rank. Like They didn't move up or down in rank. That stayed the same. But they had different rewards that they could get. Um, so it replaced ranked mode. I guess it's over now. I thought that sounded kind of interesting. And from what I read about on Twitter, people who were playing the game a lot, they said that they saw a lot of a different set of characters that people on ranked didn't want to take into rank because they were <laughs> afraid that they would lose. But with that not on the line, with rank not on the line, only the ability to win some in-game stuff, instead, people were just experimenting a lot. And I thought that sounded kind of interesting. I loved it. Yeah, I, I didn't plan it, but as soon as I heard about it, I think that was so great. I, I loved everything about when I read I was like, this is the best idea ever. Because, like I said, I, you know how I feel about online. I think it's absolutely a miserable experience, you know, in a lot of ways. It's just, it's, you, you, you're literally going online and kind of sucking the fun out of video games when you, when you play it a lot of the times. And to create that kind of environment, to create a way for people to play without having that worry about losing and stuff like that, I think that's genius. And having these one-off events like that, I mean, you see it happen a lot in like Teppen, right? They'll have these little, uh, you know, little side events. Oh, here's this GP thing, you know, you can play in this little tournament. And sure, if you lose there, you don't get whatever, but it's separate from your rank. And so here's the limit. You can't use these cards or you have to use these cards or, you know, like they throw little things like that. And definitely, I feel like more fighting games need to do that. Just have little online events where people can jump on and like I said, one of the hardest things about fighting games is I just, I think that a lot of people forgot how to make, make it fun. <laughs> like, sure. like just to make it fun again. I really feel like people have forgotten how to make this playing fighting games a, a fun experience. And I think doing stuff like that is great. I hope more people, it's like I said, the, the worst thing about, I mean, in terms of the FGC, the game that got hit the hardest by the pandemic was Grand Blue. They're doing so many things right. They're doing so many wonderful things, and the game is just not getting a chance. It's just tough, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, Ramblu definitely got the short end of the stick. Um, I didn't play in the Blitz stuff myself, but uh, of course I read about it, and I, I think it's an excellent idea. Uh, as you guys know, probably, if you follow me on Twitter, I play a lot of a game called Rocket Arena. And uh, Rocket Arena, to get more people to play they have these fun little events and they've been doing them every week every other week basically now uh where you play the game and you get prizes which is essentially what blitz mode was for grand blue and yeah doing stuff like that like james said it's 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 fun it'll bring people to play your game and what that does is if people even if people come out just for you know the weekend event or the week-long event to play that stuff a lot of the people that normally play the game now have a bigger player base to play with they don't have to worry about the same 19 people online to play with. Mm -hmm. now, now they have 300, 400, 500, 700 people, whatever, to play with. Yep. And uh, if 10% of those people stick around, that's a boost to the player base. So, that yeah, I, I, I really wish fighting games and stuff like that more often, too. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I think it's a very cool idea. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with, you know, Keats and James, the powerhead, both of them. Like, Keats is saying that they didn't forget how to make fighting games fun. They just never knew, right? But then yeah. he's right about that. But the reason why he's right about that is a lot of what James, the powerhead, said is that it really was the in-person community arcade aspect. Now, obviously, a lot of people have had terrible arcade experiences or bad community experiences, but for the most part, I really do feel like that arcade experience really made a big difference for a lot of people, you know? It did, but, you know, that's 15 years gone, 20 years gone. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing you can do with that, do do about that part anymore, except, like I said, try your best to do something in-game to recreate community aspect and stuff, and like I said, I don't know what the answer is, because if I did, I would already be telling people and trying to make that, you know, but... Yeah. I don't know what the answer is. Well, well, part of the answer is these little blitz-type events, for sure. Yeah. Just just do things that make people want to play the game, even if you're not necessarily a competitive player. Because part of the problem with fighting games in general is uh, they're made for people that are wanting right. to play the game competitively, right? Like, they're, they're hard. Fighting games aren't for everyone. Even yeah. in a game like Grand Blue, where they simplify all the motions and they make special ones easy to do for beginners and... Beginner players are still going to get mollywopped by a veteran. Like, that's just... Fighting games are hard, and they take a long time yeah. to master for most people. So, yeah. doing things that are fun, little funsy events, is perfect. That's what they... They need to do more of that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's why I had that whole Uncensored episode where I just talked about that I do feel like fighting games are harder to learn today than they were 15 years ago, even with YouTube and Wikipedia and Twitter and all that shit, because... Losing the community aspect, losing the friend aspect is a huge blow to learning fighting games. You know, a lot of the times I didn't realize I blocked a jump in 17 times in a row until my friend was, until I lose and I got off the arcade machine. I was like, God damn it, I lost again. And my friend's like, do you realize he jumped at you like 17 times? And I'm like, no, he didn't. And then, you know, of course he did. And you just don't want to admit it, you know, like those little things like that are completely missing from the one player online experience. And you can read all the articles, watch all the tech, all that stuff, not having that guy out there going, why do you backdash every time he does, you know, you know, like just not having that is such a huge strike to trying to learn fighting games. Here's everybody's problem. They're not friends with Ultra David or Keats or K-Loud. Because all three of those assholes make sure to let me know anytime someone jumps in on me. Ever. They don't even, they're not even watching me play fighting games. I'll be playing KI by myself at 1230 at night. I get a text from David. Hey, that guy jumped in on you. What do you mean? First of all, you're the one who's doing the jumping in. That's awful. Sure. Yeah, that's that's for definitely sure. true. Yeah, I definitely am in the air. Most you're, of the time. you're not wrong. Air for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Alright. Well, another cute little thing that's going on is this Street Fighter V costume contest. Ooh. Ooh. We talked about this last week. The two costumes that got the most votes were going to be the ones that Capcom would put into Street Fighter V. We talked about last week that the two winners were both jury outfits. And while the contest said that the top two would get made, some people thought maybe since it's both the same character that maybe they would go down to number three for at least one of them, which was Sakura. Uh, but no, no, 
It's uh, it's both it's both jury outfits. So, congratulations, I know a lot of people out there are going to be judgmental about all that stuff like that, but I don't think you can be, I don't think you could judge properly until you get 10 more jury costumes because you I need just, 12 people in the jury to make, to judge properly. <laughs> I, knew, I knew where it was going 30 seconds ago, but I appreciate it. It was good. It, was good. it, was good. it makes you feel I, better, James. I, I, I didn't see it coming. Okay. You hit me with it, and then I'm, I'm very disappointed. Okay. So. <laughs> I, I, I figured David would realize. <laughs> nice work. Yeah, as soon as the word judge came out, I was like, whoop. Yep. <laughs> you say that word. Oh, Got it. Oh, man. So anyway, yes, it is both jury outfits that will get made. Uh, congratulations to JNXC and to Gar for their designs. Yeah. Shoutouts also to somebody in the chat. Uh, JNXC is in here sometimes. I'm not sure if they are today, but uh, it's probably sad because what last week we talked shit about his costume, <laughs> and so he's probably like, <laughs> I, I don't know. If, I don't know if that's fair to say. Did we do that? I mean, that wasn't my intention. It wasn't the one that I would have voted for, but I certainly understand why it won. <laughs> I don't even mean that as a negative. Did that come yeah, across I know, as being I a jerk? Yeah, well, yeah, we, weren't actually, we weren't actually okay. talking shit about it. We were just saying, of course it's going to win because, yeah. you know, look at the suggestive pose and stuff, you know, so. I don't want to poison the well. Hey, ding, ding. Footsies has a Steam beta update. High Fight said on Twitter um, that is a an added arcade mode, which is in alpha. It's not done yet, but it's there, okay. as well as a tutorial. So Ooh. if you got the Footsies beta, please check it out. I'm telling you, man. High Fight has a time turner, dude. He's got one of those things that Hermione had in the third Harry Potter film. There's no way that guy can be programming footsies, making those videos, and watching a hundred streams, even individual streams, and putting out highlights like he does, dude. He and by the way, I'm pretty sure he works and eats and goes to the bathroom, and I'm sure also, he's, had he's watching Ultra Chan TV right now. I know he is. He always is. I'm pretty sure. I'm actually pretty sure High Fight is a corporation. I don't think it's actually uh, one person. I think it's a theory. Dread Pirate High Fight? He's what? The Dread Pirate High Fight? <laughs> well, no, because then uh, it would be another person replacing him every time without, you know, telling anybody. Right. Maybe there's a different High Fight each day. <laughs> he, he actually, he's actually Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes. He, he created the, the cloning machine, you know? <laughs> and so now there's a bunch of High Fights running around. Oh, man. So check it out on the Steam beta for Footsies. Man, I have I have the not Steam version of Footsies that had rollback netcode, but I don't think I have it on Steam. I have it I'll on my phone. I have it on my phone. Uh, so. Well, yeah, I've never, never done a good job with this, but uh, he gave us beta codes, and we have not given them out on this program. Wow. Have we done that? Guys, no, we, we have that? not. No, we I have not. I thought about that right now. I'm the, wor I'm the worst at doing stuff like that. Uh, our bad. I guess we never did that, dude. But thanks a lot for the codes. Uh, let's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make a note of that right now. That we will, in the next episode, give out, announce that we're gonna give out in advance. Announce. So you're making an announcement. You're gonna announce it next week. Give out. Yes. I, I was supposed All to right. give out those Volta X codes during Outer Wilds, and I totally forgot because. But I, you gave them out during Tuppence. So I did. Sure. 
Well, I mean, Outer Wilds is too involving to stop and ever be like, hey, let me actually give out some codes. Because you're like, fuck, I want to find out what's coming up next, basically. What's that? Oh, my God. No, Dave, David, don't. don't, 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 don't what's don't, that? What did you say? Don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. I'm not going to spoil anything. I would not do that. All right, all right, all right. No, of course not. Oh, I don't actually so... know that much about it. Yeah, I that, wouldn't anyway. You probably watched like five minutes of it when uh, Ben was streaming it. Yeah, yeah something like that. Yeah. Uh, All right, uh, there is. Oh, do you have got more to say on that? No, 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 oh, no. Go ahead, dude. No, no, you're good. There's some fighting game sales on PSN. So we have discussed this before, but Street Fighter V is actually free on PS Now for this entire month until October 6th. So check that out if you are curious. Uh, the uh, Fantasy Strike is also free, but that's just like a permanent thing, at least for right. some modes. Power Rangers is 40% off. It's eleven ninety nine right now until <laughs> September 10th. So you got a couple more days. Cool. Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 is 60% off at nine ninety nine until September 17th. Pick it up. DOA 6 is free, but it, that's how it is. Uh, World Heroes is three ninety nine, which is 50% off. Uh, that's until September 10th. I don't know which version of World Heroes this is, but that could be pretty cool. Oh, let's see. World Heroes 2. I oh, see. that's a good one. So Interesting. Interesting. It's a terrible game, but it's, like, good because it's fun. I like how, I how like, when we made the joke about an announcement of an announcement, one person said, how very Capcom of you, and then the next line is immediately, how very Arxis of you. <laughs> how very fighting game devil. yeah how very video gamey of you now everybody does that and I then mean, also oh. blade strangers is 50 percent off at 19.99 so there's a bunch of sales going on for fighting games on the psn yeah. Check them out. I, I remember uh, Henry G, you know, had said that he had some big announcement for the CSGO world that he was going to announce like the yeah, day yeah. after he said he was retiring. Did anybody hear what that yeah. was? Or uh, Yeah, he's the CSGO manager for, I think, Cloud9. Oh, interesting. Okay, okay. Oh, okay. So, he, so he quit commentary to be a manager then? Yeah, I think he might have just been quitting commentary, but yeah, he's hired. I believe it's Cloud9. Let me know if that's wrong in the chat. Okay, okay. As far as game news, that's all I got. Uh, there is, though, like, kind of game-ish news in that there's console news because the Xbox Series S leaked. The picture of it leaked, the price leaked, and then Xbox was just like, all right, it's true, and confirmed that it that it is indeed happening. It's coming out November 10th. It's all digital. There's no disk drive in there. It's $299. It has a 512 gigabyte SSD. It has 1440p up to 120 FPS and also 4K upscaling. Um, and it will be available at $25 per month with an Xbox All Access plan as well. So that news came out. That's kind of nifty. Keep in mind, there's also going to be the Xbox Series X. Boy, they could have done a better job on that. Dude, the naming's that the naming is oh god, like that someone one has a disc drive, and it has more teraflops, which I know you are very interested in. Tuboware, 
and also 4K resolution, which I know you are also very interested in. Yeah, on my 1080p monitor that I got in 2010. Definitely, yep, yep. All sorts of hurts going on, who even knows. $499, or 35 bucks a month. So there are these two different Xbox series coming out. Who, who knows why they called it? The Xbox Series X and the Xbox Series S. That's just... Is there some language that that's not a tongue twister in? I mean, where it's if, like you, I feel I like... I guess in some languages this could be the SA versus the X, which is actually a lot more intelligible. But in in English, especially American English, we yeah. pronounce those two like almost the same. And yeah, that's and where, the, where the console was developed and created. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like Darkstalkers, because the original Darkstalkers had... Oh, I mean, all of them have ES and EX moves. It's like, okay... No one could ever get that straight. But now they have the, seriously, they have the Xbox sex, right? So they have the X-Bone yep. and the Xbox sex. I, I think that's what they're actually just trying to do, to be honest with you. Wow. Are they pulling, like, a 90s Disney and just inserting, like, sex jokes and oh, penises they're, into they're their movies? Elon Musk, dude. That's what Elon Musk did with the, the Tesla. What? There's the S, the 3, the X, and the Y. Those are the models. Is that real? Yeah, sexy. Wow. Did yeah, he do that, that on exactly purpose? Exactly why he he named them those the the Model S, the Model Three, the Model X, and the Model Y. Is that really why though? Or you, yeah, is that that's like legitimately joke? why he wanted it wow. to be sexy. That's, had... that's what Microsoft is pulling now. They have the X Bone and, and the X Sex. Great, thanks, Microsoft. Great. So these names are a bummer. I would say though that <laughs> the size of the Xbox S is nice like it's a small little device it's um it's I, I think it's nice looking it's got like a speaker kind of vibe going on it's not very big it the price is reasonable 300 bucks you know that's like what a switch was right and and that's i think that's a that's a very reasonable spot i mean i i will i guess i will get well i'm not gonna get anything immediately but if there are fighting games for it then i'll probably get the one that has the disc drive so that i can like have discs for games that i actually care about but other than that I think that's a great idea. What I think is dope that they're pushing is their financing. Because right. I'm broke, right? I, right? I can't drop $500 on a console probably ever, at least in the foreseeable future. But I could afford 30 bucks a month, 20, right. 35 bucks a month on a new console. Like, I wish Sony was doing that. Because right. I'm assuming that the fighting games are going to be played on, on Sony's console again, which is the console I'll buy eventually, is right. the fighting game one, because that's mostly what I play, right? So the financing thing I think is really, really cool because what it does is it gets people to get the console and then they're going to get the Game Pass because the Game Pass has a bajillion games on it. So now you're paying them monthly fees for two things and Microsoft is getting money right away rather than someone going, well, I'll wait four years for the price to drop because eventually it's going to drop. Like th Those people probably won't exist now. They're just going to get they're going to finance the console right away. I think it's really smart. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, I mean, do you Especially know? Especially in these economic times. Do you know of the financing? Yeah. Although includes... obviously that goes unsaid, doesn't need to be said, as we previously mentioned. Did they say What's anything about like interest on the financing, or is it just straight up just financing? It's just straight up twenty-five bucks to thirty-five bucks a month when you pay it off at stores. Huh. Yeah, it's it's a really good idea. It's cool. I don't know if credit scores are going to come into play, but I would assume for such a low price on so something that's not, they're not going to do credit checks, right? Like I, I really doubt. Yeah, so So yeah, that's that's how you do it. You get you pay your twenty five bucks a month, you get your console. That's pretty cool in my book. I agree. Oh, man. 
So that's cool. And that's coming out soon. That is in just over two months. That's that's soon. Yeah. I, I mean, there were rumors that, maybe not even rumors, but like people were saying things like maybe they should push back until next year, considering that like Halo, they pushed back and considering that, you know, I mean, nothing is really being worked on super fast right now. People aren't in the state where they have a lot of money either, right. a lot of disposable income but at this stage. Someone was actually saying to me that during this pandemic that computer prices have actually kind of skyrocketed because everybody's stuck at home and so they kind of want better computers. Maybe this yep. is the right time to gra to release a console to give people new stuff to play. Okay. Yeah. And also, awesome news about the Xbox's coming competitor, the PlayStation 5. Truly exquisite announced that you can get a $10,000, 24-karat, gold-plated PlayStation number 5. <laughs> That's not a Sony so, thing, though, right? That's that's a that's a, yeah. a, a third-party company. Yeah, really a company called Truly Exquisite makes that, and they also have not just the PS5 itself, but also the controller and the headset. Ooh, ooh. Do you want to wear? Know. Anyway, I, I'm good. Yeah, I, I, congratulations. I, to the I, I feel like no one will ever buy that, or if they do, that you're a douche. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. There's, there's no other way to put it. Yeah, no, that, that's definitely, like, Trump would have had it in his Trump Tower if he cared about yeah. video games. Oh, yeah, right? absolutely. I the am golden an, one. It's an investment. Do you understand? Okay. I'm going to sell yeah. it later. Come on, guys. I mean, gold Ooh. tends to keep going up. It's pretty safe. So maybe if there's enough money in there, you could just, like, sell your PlayStation 5 in 10 years and melt down the gold. I think this is not a great economic plan. Uh, let's <laughs> move on. Hey, I'm also the person trying to do commentary as my job. Bad okay, economic plans are in my bone right now, okay? Let me tell you. <sighs> if you ever want to eat gold, I've eaten gold. Have you guys eaten gold? Um, uh, I feel like I might have for something. Like, I remember a dessert that had some of it or something on there. So, I've yeah. ingested gold many times. I, I have, if you count Goldschlagers. I do count Goldschlagers. Oh, yeah. Then, then I, I've drank a lot of gold in my time. <laughs> there is actually gold in there. It's so stupid. I've yeah. never bought Goldschlager on purpose, but some moron friends of mine used to like it back in college because they thought it was fancy. And I was always like, just take the gold out. I don't care about this gold. It's just definitely not fancy. But it does, if you mix it with Jaeger, it does make Starry Nights, and those are delicious. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. Uh, all right. We're, let's end on a bad note. Uh, Lab Zero laid off everyone who hadn't already quit. Oh, I didn't even hear about this. Jesus. Oh, well, welcome to the news, James. Welcome to the news. <sighs> Seven of them had already left. We talked about that in the past. There were apparently 11 folks remaining, and they have been let go. And they were let go in an August 25th email. That email said to be on the lookout for additional severance uh, and an email about that in the future and promise to maintain health insurance through september i hope that those things were right and that they are oh. followed through on i don't know but i hope that that is true at least so lab zero is i mean it was over we talked about it uh, yeah. but now it's definitely super over yeah it's very sad um i feel uh. bad for those those employees man i really hope they get good severance yeah, uh, I mean, I've been laid off several times in my life. I know how rough that is, especially in a job that you really love. Uh, I was in a job I loved in November, and I got laid off. 
so yeah, I, I definitely feel for them. Um, that sucks. It's really unfortunate. Oh man. Okay. Well, I mean, I know I remember. You know the the company that owns uh, the Skullgirls, the, the IP, uh, yeah. and Autumn Games. You know. Yeah, Autumn and. and um, is H and a V in it? Yeah. I just know Autumn Games owns the IP for Skullgirls. Yeah, Girls. though I I I I I'm hoping that they try to hire some of them. To keep the you know working yeah, they, on they the said games. that they would right you know, that is happening yeah six machine uh Kinuko was selling off art books to support the laid off employees that's so cool my understanding is that that worked and that they no well i don't know how much money they raised but that she sold off all of them all of her stock that's cool that okay good to her good on her good on her anyway that sucks so yeah <laughs> uh that's it congratulations everybody <laughs> we did it <laughs> oh, Alright, well, what else is going on as far as upcoming news? Hidden Variable, thank you, Macross. That's the name ah, of the Ah, yes, yes, indeed. Yes. yes, indeed. I'm sorry, what was your question, David? Oh, uh, I was just looking up upcoming stuff because I had forgotten to do this. I believe that there is a CPT coming up this weekend. Yes, there is. The Europe East and Middle East 2. Capcom Pro Tour event is going to happen this coming weekend. Okay. So we'll keep an eye on that. And that's all I got. All the news. What are you guys doing yourselves? What's up? What's new lately? And so forth. Hey. Uh, I've been playing through Blasphemous, and that game is super dope. Yeah, I saw you uh, take like 30 tries to beat a boss. That was cool. Listen, man, that was like 20, and that was the only boss. Every boss in the game is taking me two tries. That boss bodied me, though. Hey, that boss was tough. I know how that feels. That's what happened to me in Bloodstain. So I killed all the other bosses fast, except for the one that you watched. <laughs> David is to me as I am to you, apparently. Yeah. See. That's not true. Actually, two bosses bodied me, but everybody was like, God, these bosses beat me up as well. So, you know, they were just two yeah, of the harder bosses. I've only, I've only struggled with the one. Um, the game is really cool. If you guys haven't played it, it's a... The best way to describe it is a 2D pixel Dark Souls. It's really, really cool. So It's a Metroidvania-looking thing, right? Yeah, it's it's a Metroidvania, but it, it's it's Dark Souls-style, where if you die, you have to go get your body, and right. it's very hard, you know? Like, they, they make it hard on purpose. And cool. Yeah, it, it's a dope game. You guys should play uh, it. I've Better actually... yet, watch me stream it. I, I actually uh, have played Dark Souls before. So I played Demon Souls, the original Demon Souls, I actually beat every boss in that game, shockingly enough, oh, no. although that uh -oh. game... <laughs> Continue. Oh, okay. Since David put his hands on his heads, I'll go in that direction then. So <laughs> Demon Souls is one of the games that actually, you know, taught me to realize how flawed 3D action gaming is. Uh, I did play Dark Souls on stream at one point with Joe watching me, and I got to the Bell Demons, and I couldn't beat them, and then... Joe was hungry, so we went and ate, and I've never actually uh, gone on from there. So, uh, so I have so you, tried. You Dark got Souls. where Majin Obama took six hours to be. Yeah, him dude, that Majin Obama clip just like as soon as I heard him scream and like shout, dude, it was the exact thing as Tom scream from Tom and Jerry. And I tweeted that out, and someone actually put out a clip of a like a YouTube clip of all of Tom's screams. 
And yeah, yeah. you listen to it, and it's like exactly the same. It's like exactly the same. It was like, as soon as I heard it, I was like, he sounds just like Tom. <laughs> it's like the weirdest thing, dude. It was so funny. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I watched the first three episodes, which are all that are out of season two of The Boys. The only reason that I am watching this show is that I was paid by Amazon to watch season one so that I could commentate the season, the boys Mortal Kombat event that I commentated. Yep. And I really ended up liking season one. And then now I'm watching season two and they're not paying me to do it. I just like it now. This is the first TV show that I've watched in a billion years. So, I mean, I think actually the last television show that I sat down and watched regularly, like each week it came out, was 24. And that was probably in 2003. A long time ago. And now, the way that they're doing this is that three episodes came out when the series season launched, and then it's going to be released each Friday. So, we'll watch it on Friday. Weird. I'm watching a show. Is that changing your mind then? Uh, That some of these shows are amazing? No, I just, I could not imagine myself doing this more regularly than I'm doing it. I think that'd be awful. But this is, this is fun to do like one hour per week. Yeah, I can handle that. I can turn my brain off that long. Not easily, but I can do it. Sure. Uh, I I really thought you were going to say the last show you watched was Frasier. You think I'm a Frasier watcher? Yeah, you're definitely a Frasier watcher. Brock. How you read you. you read about World War One, you nerd. Of course you watch. No, I was about to. I mean, like, I feel when like I watch Frasier. I'm not like identifying. You think I'm identifying with the, with Frasier and his brother? <laughs> I don't know, man. You Frasier... just seem like the type of nerd that would watch Frasier. Frasier was no, an amazing show, dude. It was so good. However, however, I am married to somebody who's second favorite show or top two favorite shows is Frasier. So well, that, there you go. Yeah, okay, so I wasn't that far off. Frasier's good, dude. Frasier's amazing show. It's a good show. Yeah, Frasier's <sighs> funny. Like, when, when she watches it sometimes, you know, she occasionally goes back and watches it. And if I'm in the room, like, yeah, I'll, I'll be like, oh, that's, that was funny. That was a funny, that was a funny moment. Ha ha ha. Occasionally, you know. God. But it's not like... <laughs> I don't need to watch David all that. David treats TV the way I treat 3D games, dude. <laughs> yeah. I'll turn well, off we'll... my brain to, you know, deal with this for an James, hour. James, trust me. I've watched you play Outer Wilds for, like, 17 hours now. You need to turn on your brain, bro, not turn off, okay? <laughs> I've been there. No, the problem with it is is that you don't realize how I like to play video games. That's why... You don't realize how I, I know what you were going to tell me, which is why when you're like, let me give you a hint to help you finish this game yeah. faster, I went and immediately did it without you telling me the hint, right? No, you still have no idea what I was going to tell oh, you. Oh, yeah? That's oh, okay. Cause that's, 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 that's totally fine. You, you, it, the result ended up being fine. Because the thing about it was, like, I like playing games in certain ways. And I just don't think it gels with the way that you want to play, that, you, that you're that you expecting me to play. Let's just put it that oh, way. Oh, I'm so. fine with how you've been playing it. I'm just, I just need you to accept that 
the controls and you falling down holes is not the game's fault. It's your fault. That's all. Oh, the controls aspect of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The controls no. are absolutely fine. That's a James Chen problem. No, nah, I mean... The con- but we can talk about this on Generation Spacing or something. The controls are this. fine because we've all accepted the flawed controls. Oh, my God. Oh, that's just not true. It is 100% true, dude. It's a David, what did, what did you say on my stream earlier today? About the flaws of 2D games? Oh my god, can you believe... There he is, playing this game Blasphemous. And in Blasphemous, you can roll, and rolls are invincible. And I think it's just a real indictment of the idea of 2D gaming. That rolls have to be invincible, or else there's just no other way to get around certain things. And on top of that, if you jump up in the air, you can then wiggle around and move the other direction. Or you could sort of gel back and forth a little bit. You can't control your air motion in real life. That's not how the world works. What an absurd idea. So everyone that just accepted that this yeah, is a Everyone keeps thing. saying that I want realism. I have never said I wanted realism. I have never said I wanted <laughs> realism in any game. I wanted to see oh, no. where you actually... You can actually try to get me... Find any point where I said I wanted realism in games. I don't. I don't All think right. you said that. I'm just. Here's my critique of 2D games. Yeah. <laughs> so so, in 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 your argument, James, last time you streamed Outer Wilds, you uh-huh. missed a jump because you went to a cliff and you didn't jump soon enough, and you said, well, in real life, or in 2D games, I can see the ground. Right. I can see the ground. I know. I know when the platform ends. I get the jump. However, I was playing Blasphemous, and I knew that I could jump down somewhere. However, I can't look down like yeah, I can in a 3D game. Why? And see that there's spikes at the end of my jump. Right. So I jumped but here's the question: my death, Why did you fall? I can look down. Why did you fall? Because you because chose to fall, whereas yeah. in Outer Wilds, I didn't choose to fall. That's the thing. It's the nature of the perspective that prevents you from seeing it properly. I did not make the conscious choice to fall. You made a conscious choice and you have the accuracy and the precision to intentionally fall. I do not have that ability. But oh, but why does everybody else have that ability in 3D games but you don't? No, they don't. A lot of people in the chat are even agreeing with me, and a lot of, and even Miyamoto has said that himself in an interview. He has talked about how platforming in 3D games is not precise, which is why he adds a bunch of little mechanics to help you get around that, because he has to. He's even talked about Miyamoto, the genius, the god of platforming video games that everybody loves. He actually yeah. has said that. Right. So here's the thing is a lot of people are willing to accept it because we haven't done better yet. That's why. And everybody's just willing to do what we've been doing for years as opposed to innovating. And that's a problem, again, of now going into the AAA titles versus India and there's nothing in between. We don't have the ability to experiment anymore. Oh, and that's what, what I what I think this this sounds like in, in my brain is scrubby smash players saying, why do I have to do a quarter circle four to do reuse fireball? Why isn't there a better way to do this yet? That's how it sounds to me. Because you can definitely just run and jump off a platform in 3D games. Yeah, but the thing it has about it is... nothing to do with it being better or not. It's just you get good. That's it. There, the thing about it is, 
is that there is a benefit to doing motions, right? There is a concept of it and a certain level of skill and tactic needed for that. Not having 3D spatial awareness of things is a completely different situation. It's not, you are losing information as opposed to having all the information that's there. And yeah, there is a skill to pressing jump before you fall off a cliff, but you can't see your feet. In a third person game, it it's different. In a third person game, it's different. It's absolutely different in a third person forward. game. But you can look down and run forward. You can do yeah, forward. but you have to look down and run, but now you're not looking at where you're jumping towards and you can't glance down, right? It's literally, I move the camera down, move the camera up, and then it's... Sure. It's not 2D games. You don't even have to do any of that shit. All the information is right there. All right, I concede. We're going to talk. We can go all night. I, I'm just going to concede for now. We can argue about this another time. <laughs> I'm not going to make everybody sit there and watch us argue about 3D versus 2D. And no, of course I don't fall off stuff in real life. Actually, I do fall off some stuff, but that's a different story. But... Again, just having information and accuracy is such a good, is such a, is such a boon and a benefit that you are losing in a lot of other games, in 3D games, so. Right, exactly. Grinning Oni knows exactly what I'm talking about, right? I'm actually making a distinct point, and the argument is literally, you just suck. And that's not a that like that's not good enough. It's not a good enough thing. You know what I mean? I can do it. I can get good enough to do it. But why do I have to get myself accustomed to bad design? Why do I have to get used to something that is improperly created that we could probably do something better? That's yeah, it. Yeah, totally. You should just be able to hit forward in a button to do special attacks, right? No, not necessarily. I mean, if you want to do it that way, sure. You don't have to do it that way. You don't have to do it that way. Right. It, never mind. <laughs> never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, David has the right idea. Just peace out. Oh, man. Well... <sighs> I th I th is that it? Are we? Is that do no more news? Are we? Is that all? I think so. All right. I think you guys are lucky. I put on medium pants today. <laughs> I, they're not. Well, there's three kinds of pants in this world: soft pants, hard pants, and medium pants. And, oh, okay. And, and during the pandemic, I've worn only soft pants almost every single day. I've only put on hard pants. Five times or less, probably. What are hard pants? What what are hard pants? <laughs> hard pants are pants that are hard. They're like jeans. Jeans jeans are hard. What do you need? There you grab them. Grab jeans. They are harder. They're not hard. I think they're hard pants. Oh sure, man. Usually usually I'm wearing soft pants, which I would not feel comfortable standing up and showing in front of a crowd, but I have medium pants on today somewhere. Are soft, are soft pants just like your boxers? Like, what is soft pants then? You know, like soft pajamas, underwear. Why would you feel, would you feel comfortable? Dude, I wear that on like the tournament floor. I don't care. You, that's true. That's, you have done that. 
That's it. Yeah, that's that's like that's like tournament gear. Right? You got Whatever. Me. You got me. Anyway, I have soft pants on right now. Shout outs to soft pants and not having to wear hard pants. One of the few benefits of the last several months. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Wait, so what are what are what are like slacks? What are dress pants? Hard pants, of course. So jeans are hard. They're not hard at all. They're very. They are hard. hard. What are you talking about? If anything has a, if it can maintain a crease, it's hard for sure. Oh my good. Okay. You're anything right. that is creasable is I'm definitely. I'm throwing this in the 3D games file. This is ridiculous. Tubo is done, dude. <laughs> this is the last episode. He's never coming back again because he's just like. <laughs> Hard pants and, and 3D games and everything. He doesn't want well, to deal with this anymore. My point makes sense. All right, uh, I'd say it makes more sense, yeah. Let's get out of here. All right. Well, thanks for having me on the show. Glad to be part of it. Thanks for all the love in the chat, guys, and on Twitter yeah, and everything. I'll respond to people after we get done. So. All right. Shots. Also, I had I had two people text me say that they they thought that I was actually there. So, wow, they're looking great. Yeah, well, I, I told them they're both. I pulled them they're both stupid. <laughs> yeah, but two different people text me like, "Are you actually there without a mask on?" I'm like, no. Oh way. my god, that's my that's technology, dude. Come on. Yeah, man. You got to admit, right back here. Leather pants are also hard pants. It was it was really hard for me to set it up though for these guys. Oops, wrong song. I was really hard for me to set up making both of them look like they were in the room because I have to like rotate them around the 3D plane, and you know the 3D plane is a lot harder to do than if it was just a 2D plane. Thank you, plane. Two years late for the subscription, and, uh, and thank you to Elzil for the It was well. one of those situations where the 3D plane was making it.